Come on. Yes, we are live. <laughs> welcome, <laughs> everybody. <laughs> yeah. Um, welcome, everybody, to Everything Paranormal Podcast Show 2021, episode 24, live version to you all on Facebook Live, YouTube, and Twitter. Whoops. Huh? Hold on. <laughs> I actually had YouTube open to see if it popped in. and Yeah. It works. <laughs> oh, my goodness. We got a great show for you. Um, we are on StreamYard.com, which we purchased just today and everything. And it's something new that we're going to try since, you know, with the way I've been doing it for YouTube, it's just picture of me, picture of Paralord. Our name in our podcast show name in the middle and everything. So this is how it's going to go now. And if you guys like it, it'd be awesome. We'll continue doing it this way. Um, but for the opposite side, for like um, Anchor FM and everything, and uh -huh. our other sites, it's going to be a bit of a challenge. Yeah. So I was going to do Audacity this way as well but i said no let me try that this way first and but i just have it set up so i'm para mike that's paralar hi the dark goddess of the sound like a goddamn chipmunk <laughs> well that's something i can't do uh so that's not gonna do oh we got one person watching yay welcome who, who is, it? Who is it? i don't know but they can leave a comment and let me know if you're on Facebook Live, YouTube, or Twitter, a.k.a. Periscope.tv is what it's called, I guess. It seems a little ridiculous, but welcome. <laughs> Please feel free to pop in. As you can see right down there is the show full name. And everything, and I'll be adding some more in, you know, as a scroll text as we go along. Yep, yep. So, something new, something for us. Please comment on whichever site you're on, so I know and Paralord knows because I don't know if she could see it, but it would be nice. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So yeah, they hear you fine. I'm getting a delay. That's because it's through the internet, dear. It's something new, something we've never done before. Don't worry, we'll get used to it some more. So, oh, hey, it's Pinhead Richie. <laughs> says hi. Hold on, let's see if I can show this. Can you see it? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> where's your damn photo, bro? Welcome. Now you can see us live and see what we actually look like after years or <laughs> decades of what we look like. Yeah, definitely. Ten years or ten billion years. <laughs> wow, nice glow. <laughs> so, so since he's watching Facebook Live, yeah. awesome. Thank you. Um, if you truly enjoy this, I we will continue doing this for the rest of the podcast show. Um, you know, sh share it around, talk about it, and stuff like that. It would be awesome. 
we got a lot of stories for you, and there's some stories that. <laughs> what? What? What was so funny? So funny. You you can't see it on yours. <laughs> What's he yelling about? Huh? What's he yelling about? That's not. He's like ah. You're such. You're still you're a douche. <laughs> yeah, uh, but anyways, um, on Discovery Plus, I think it was a, about two months ago, January what? this what? year. Yeah. Um, the Ghost Adventures crew did something about the Cecil Hotel and about a woman uh, that was found dead in a water tank. Yeah, Lisa yeah. Lamb. Thank you. Um. I found some history on it, and some things to me doesn't really add up in a lot of scenarios, I guess I could call them. I guess. I guess. But, you know, it's it's just really, really strange on how different things are happening in it. Uh-huh. uh-huh. So I found this online, and it's from – I can't even pronounce the – the way this is, but let's see if I could share it. Uh, where is it? No, wait a second. Where uh, is it? Uh, Hang on. Ah, there it is. D D D D D D. Let me share the screen here. From that or um place <laughs> and everything, which is kind of cool. Yeah, but like I said. Due to the fact that it's it was on Ghost Adventures, yeah, yeah, it's kind of getting to me just because. Let me scroll down here. The chilling history behind the infamous Cecil Hotel from Netflix crime scene. Yes, you're seeing that right, folks. You are definitely seeing that right now. If I get my mouse to work. <laughs> no, yeah, you're not flavor enough. Thanks, <laughs> you're not flavor enough for me. <laughs> but yeah, it, from Netflix crime scenes, it's kind of strange on how they would put that like that. So I'm not exactly sure how this is going to go, but it's kind of ridiculous. Uh, yeah. Due to the fact that. Zach, Aaron, Billy, and Jay investigated it. Yeah. But then I start saying, okay, let me do some more research on this. This is what else I could find. And I found a bunch of them. Trust me, I found a bunch of this garbage that I still think is kind of strange. Probably from douchebags that don't fucking know the history on it. Probably. But, you know, I mean, this was done February 15th, 2021, for the article to come out from Australia. Yeah. Yeah. About the Cecil Hotel. And it goes, um, well, Facebook has banned the sharing and viewing of Australian news articles on its platform. Why would Australia have Cecil Hotel on it? I don't know. Excuse me. But it says... um, Keep up with the latest in style, culture, and beauty 
by following ELLE Australia on Instagram, Twitter, and Pinterest. Okay. It goes, if you, like us, have a slightly sordid obsession with true crime, yeah, there is a good chance you've already devoured Netflix crime scene. The Vanishing at the Cecil Hotel. So this thing has two different versions for a, some kind of title, I guess. So well, Netflix does have uh, a pro, uh, show about crime scenes. Yeah, I know. It's just doesn't this necessarily weird. mean it's the Cecil Hotel. Hmm. Put in the Netflix crime scene, The Vanishing at the Cecil Hotel. Uh, a chill-inducing deep dive into the story behind the mysteries in 2013, disappearance of Canadian student Elisa Lamb. Yeah, yeah. Who was tragically found dead in the Los Angeles... Hotel after she, okay, comma, as the title suggests, vanished from sight for several weeks. Yeah, several weeks. And it took how many years to come out? <laughs> Although the dossiers has been accused of being explicit in its description of Elisa's case. It has also renewed intrigue around the infamous hotel. The hotel looks like it's... Uh... Oh, hold on. I got to put this up here. One of our viewers saying, <laughs> "Yeah, I, I, I agree with you, bro." <laughs> with that right there, I agree with that whole thing all the way up to Netflix. Trust me, <laughs> I agree. But then it goes on, um, which has been not only the death of Elisa, but many others, as well as various incidents of violence since it was open in Los Angeles in 1927. So. That's why, that's I, why just I just go, go with uh, uh, what Zach Biggins gets for inf information. He goes with it. I would too. He's more He's of a fucking shit than so-called cr uh, true uh, crime activists. Yes. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it's with him, I understand his approach. Oh yeah. oh, yeah. But with certain um, people telling him certain things and he's trying to piece it all together for a big puzzle. Yeah. When we watched it, I started following along. I started to understand a lot more then at this point as it's going through. There were some inconsistencies that I was picking up on, but I didn't want to say nothing. 
So it's like, do I want to believe it? Do I not want to believe it? Do I want to call it bullshit? Who knows? So that's when I started looking for some of these stories. Of course, a lot of them are so different. I only grabbed the ones that seem interesting to me. Goes on. So to quench your curiosity about the Cecil Hotel's dark history. <laughs> We rounded up some of the most interesting, shocking, and downright scary facts about the place. And it goes on and says, scroll on for a rather spooky step back in time. Yeah. Yeah. The thing is, she had three other people with her. Yeah, I know, and none of them were on there. No, Figure she that one shit. Out. Figure that one out. They weren't even on there. So, as it goes, the Cecil Hotel opened in 1927, which it's a nice hotel, yeah, but hotel. shitty history. <laughs> <laughs> that hotel is 94 years old. 94 years old? What the hell? But yet the building looks like it's garbage. Like it was just made out of tin cans and, and you know what I mean? <laughs> Following three years of construction, the Cecil Hotel opened in downtown Los Angeles in 1927. It just repeated itself. Designed as a middle class hotel for tourists and business. I'm getting echoes here from. <laughs> Your thing bouncing. That's, That's why I'm saying. Um, let's see. Business travelers to rest their head. The establishment featured a decadent marble lobby, stained glass windows, potted palms, and an alabaster stationery. Yeah. What the hell is an alabaster stationery? For a hotel, uh, who the fuck has that shit? I think it used to be a uh, not a bus depot, but I think it used to be like a train station before it was a hotel. I think because the front of the hotel looks like it it was from a train station. I don't know. Does that look like a train station building to you? Well, it's on or the side, right on yeah. the front. No, I'm just saying, just the way it is. Well, this is a uh, shit sandwich, if everyone's still dealing with. Uh, obviously, it like withered over time. <laughs> it, it looks like a rundown hospital on drugs. And not the ones you get in the hospital when you go there. I'm talking the other type of drugs. Oh, we're a crappy building, so we need drugs. <laughs> uh, really? Jeez Louise. There was, uh, you were seeing something on Twitter on Zach Bagans, how he was getting chewed out by two crime enthusiasts. Oh, yeah, definitely. That Richard Ramirez yeah. never been there. Yeah, the fuck he was. Yeah. Except I haven't found proof of that yet, though. What? So I'm kind of I'm on the fence on that. I still haven't seen 
any evidence that Richard Ramirez mm. was there yet. It does talk about the other uh, person. Oh, yeah. The other serial killer. been yeah. there. But not Richard Ramirez so much. So I'm still looking for that information. <laughs> I have a plethora of that shit. Yeah, I know you do. <laughs> I know you do. Uh, and it goes on. It's polished reputation was doomed for decent. However, who the fuck wrote this article? That doesn't make sense. As the United States entered into the Great Depression a mere two years later. <laughs> I don't think we've ever gotten out of the Great Depression yet. Some have blamed the Depression as well as being near Skid Row. Well, if you're near Skid Row, you better change your drawers and stay off that row. <laughs> a district long known for its condensed homeless population. With the Cecil Hotel becoming a hot tub or a hot bed for criminal activity and violence. Well, anywhere you go, you want to have that garbage. Uh, the first documented death at the Cecil Hotel occurred in 1927. The first documented death at the Cecil Hotel took place on January 22nd, 1927, when a 52-year-old man by the name of Percy Orman Cook committed suicide in a hotel room after falling to reconcile or failing, sorry, to reconcile his relationship with his wife and child. That was never mentioned. No. no. The next reported death was also a suicide taking place in 1931, which saw a great W.K. Norton died in his room after ingesting poison capsules. I believe that was mentioned, but not the year. I do believe it was mentioned with the poison capsules, but not the year. This one has the year. But these two were the start of a very twisted history. Any history is twisted. Especially in the paranormal field. It's twisted. There have been 16 sudden or unexpected deaths in our in or around the Cecil Hotel. In the Cecil Hotel's history, some 16 deaths, and I don't know why they put it in red, have occurred in or around the establishment, 12 of which are thought to be suicides. With the others comprised of murder. Yeah. Yeah. Or supposed accidents. By shitting yourself, that could be an accident. <laughs> By smashing into a door and don't realize, oh, the first step's a doozy, you go, ah! 
That's been a dumbass. Shit, Scooby Doo wouldn't want to do that shit. <laughs> no shit, they'd just be somewhere back in the van of the mystery machine, just smoking joints, <laughs> getting high like it's uh, still Woodstock. Like, come on, Scoob, let's go get high. All right, Raggy. <laughs> Uh, let's see. Including falling from the building, earning it the nickname Hotel Death. Is Dark Vader's mother living there too? <laughs> <laughs> this was just a place where people who were really down on their luck were going. What? What? Richard Scavy. A Los Angeles tour guide told CNN of the hotel's disturbing past. The recorded deaths at the Cecil Hotel includes, and I can't believe I'm going to be reading this, but it's actually all here by year and by the people's name and how they died. Yeah. yeah. 1927, Percy Cook. Suicide by gunshot to the head. Well, for something like that, you have no brains. No. It's no. just pull the trigger and all you hear is... You don't hear don't shit. shit. No, you hear the air leaving. Not even. And the cobwebs like, we need to find a new head. We're like, where the rest of his head go? That too. <laughs> uh, another one, 1931. W.K. Norton. Supposed suicide by poison capsules. Okay, 1934, Benjamin Dudich. That's D-O-D-I-C-H. <laughs> Suicide by gunshot to the head. Well, there's another one. 1937, Sergeant Louis D. Borden. Suicide by slit throat. I wonder if he's related to Lizzie uh, Borden. You need to get out of my head of that one because I was just <laughs> thinking it. I was just thinking it at. Uh, another one, 1938. Grace Margot fell from building. Yeah, that's yeah, a fact. Didn't I just say the first step's usually a doozy? Yeah, due to the fact she fell on someone walking by and killed him. Hey, she played bingo and won the lottery in that one. <laughs> nice. <laughs> a year later, 1939, Roy Thompson. Same thing. Fell from the building. I wonder if he bounced. Probably, Probably not. not. 1940. Dorothy Seeger. Ingested poison. What no shit? Shit. Four years later, 1944. Dorothy Jean Purcells. Unnamed newborn son. Murdered by discarding from window. Huh? Don't try to figure that out. You hurt yourself. Uh, 1947. Robert Smith fell from building. Are these people that stupid back then? And now? You don't well, really hear well, much if people. You, if you, well, kind of being in that boat. If you're thinking suicide. You just do it. True. But still, it's kind of weird. Uh, that ghost one I just heard Richie drop something. 
Mm. After hearing that one, I don't know. I don't know if you thought can see you already the knew, bro. Can you see the comments on your side in the list? Nothing or? yet. Not since uh, you said "fuck you" and I said "no." He hate my type, bro. <laughs> hey, we got one like. Nice. Uh, let's see. 1954. Helen Gurney. Named after a hospital bed. Really? Same thing. Fell from a building. 1962, in one of our podcast kitties, barfing. Nah, he's uh, trying to oh, okay. oh, okay. Go get some water, Betty. That would be her cat. Uh, 1954, I already said that. 1962, Julia Moore fell from building. Jesus Christ, how many people fell from this building? 1962, Pauline Otto, or O-T-T-O-N, and George G-I-A-N-I-N-N-I. Suicide by jumping from building. Isn't that the same thing as falling from a building? In other words, he attempted suicide, but somehow he survived. 1964. Pigeon! Goldie. Uh, yeah. Osgood. That was mission. Except this one here says murder by stabbing and rape. Yeah, she yeah, was. She was I heard she was stabbed. I heard she was stabbed to be murdered, murdered and that was it. it. But not the not rape, the rape part. part. I did. I did. I must have missed that. Kid, it, um, um, Zach didn't Zach say anything, say anything but, but the guy telling him about it, she was she stabbed after she got raped. Ah, okay. Uh, let's see. 1975, Allison Lowell fell from building. 1992, unidentified man fell from building. 2013, Elisa Lamb. Yep. Death. By accidental drowning. There's a lot of controversy around bullshit. that bullshit. And trust and believe me, there's a lot of bullshit around that one. I mean, there is that video of her doing that. Um, that weird game with the elevator buttons. Uh, I don't want to say what part of Asian she is, but. Well, there she's is Canadian. That, there is that uh, that type of paranormal game that you play with fucking elevators. Yeah, I for know. For certain numbers. Yeah, but it's uh, supposedly a Chinese game that was created, but she's Canadian. Which is the weird yeah, part. Yeah, but Lisa Lamb, she may she have been, been in Canada, but she probably immigrated there. Yeah. Well, so, maybe. yeah, she yeah. was... was Chinese, Chinese. one of those. Something like that. And then the last one was 2015, unidentified man suspected to have fallen from building. There's more falling from this fucking building than there are anything else. But death by accidental drowning, I don't believe that shit. One. Again, there was three people with her. Yeah. But those and three weren't shown. They wanted her out of the room because she was that strange. You could tell by the vi fucking video of her. Yeah, I know. The way her hands were moving and kind of, I don't want to say 
bent, but they looked like they were kind of deformed mm. or bent in a way that they sh uh, they shouldn't have been. Yeah. Talking to something that ain't there. Yeah, matter of fact, here is a. Well, I had to blow it up, blow this picture. I got, up, it, I got it. There's the picture yeah, of her. Yeah. That's the Canadian woman. And if you no, can no, look see, at her, she looks Korean. Yeah, but if you look at these buttons right here. Yeah. Okay, it looks like just up the up and down buttons where you just like go. Ground floor, first floor, second floor, third floor, fourth floor, fifth no, floor. No, I actually no, I could see. see. The up and down are below. The other the other, other buttons above are the numbers. Yeah, I know She that. was uh, hitting the numbers of the game Yeah, that but, Zach was reading Yeah, but, instead of actually looking at it first. Yeah, I know that. But if you take a look right here, though, and what we've seen, this photo is a little different. That's why I don't like grainy photos. Because these buttons are up and down. Yeah. When yet it showed a full size numeric pad that she was playing. Yeah. Yeah. So that's my point of uh, what's going on here. Why are you showing this picture with her wearing everything that we've seen on Discovery Plus? Yeah. Yeah. Through Ghost Adventures. Shit. Uh, yeah, uh, Dr. Stradio, Dave Schrader, he commented on it. And he was even confused about it. Yeah. Like, what the hell are we seeing? Because he tried to go into that, but people that talked to him, he wouldn't say anything. Yeah, I know. Like, they were afraid of letting out the fucking fact. Right. That possibly somebody that worked at the hotel might have did it. That's, or she could have been on a paranormal level. That's what I'm thinking. To be honest with you, that's what I'm thinking. But who knows? And it goes on. In addition to the deaths, the hotel also became known for being a hot spot for adulterous couples to ridden indoors. Yeah, yeah. Drug activity to take place and sex workers to operate. Yeah, that was before uh, being a hooker was outlawed in California. Mm. Due to the fact Vegas is the only place in the U.S. that's still illegal. If you want to get a one-night stand with a hooker, there you go. Go to Vegas. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he popped off. Oh, well. Yeah, he'll, go, he'll probably watch it back. Yeah, he will. But anyways. If uh, anything, wait. It's 837. Yeah. Uh, he probably could be at work. Yeah, uh, but it goes on here in the mid 80s and early 90s. The Cecil Hotel became synonymous with two re what oh, renowned serial killers or renowned serial killers. Somebody needs to learn how to spell check. Come the Mid-80s and early 90s, the Cecil Hotel's reputation as a terrifying place was cemented by its association with two of the America's most renowned serial killers, the Night Stalker, Richard Ramirez, and Jack 
Unterwig, or Uyghur, whatever. Sorry, words are still hard for me to pronounce. But the Richard Ramirez one, I still have an issue with. Jack, I know. Yeah. That's been proven. But Richard Ramirez, I still have an issue with that. If you're across Netflix true crime universe, which is mainly bullshit, you might recall that the streaming giant also produced a series around the real-life boogeyman, Richard Ramirez. Infamously known as the Night Stalker. Yeah. Wasn't that a song? Uh, in the eighties, I don't think so. I'm trying to remember. If it was, maybe Richie might know, but I don't think so. Mm, might might not. I don't know either. But uh, let's see. Ramirez terrorized L.A. from mid 1984 until August of 1985. Oh, short than any for a year. In which time he stayed on the 14th floor of the Cecil Hotel. Come the U.S. summer of 1985, residents surrounded the Boogeyman after recognizing his face from the newspapers. According to Biography.com, the Night Stalker was convicted of 13 counts of murder, five attempted murders, and 11 sexual assaults. And still, due to the fact I know Richard Ramirez, I know what he's done, and he's been in prison, still nobody in prison put a broomstick up his ass? Don't know. Come on. People like that would would love to put a broomstick up that dude's ass. In 1991, the hotel welcomed another murderous guest, serial killer Jack Underweger. Becoming a resident in the hotel years after already being convicted of murder in his native Austria. That doesn't sound right. In 1976, he allegedly killed at least three sex workers during his stay at the Cecil Hotel. He was convicted of the murders and found dead in June of 1994. I was just enjoying my vacation at that time, out of high school. Having committed suicide. I have a problem with that one myself. Yeah. That he committed suicide. That one still leaves me on a fence on that one. Ah. God, this article is like really long, but I'll post a link to this story from Australia, and you guys can check it out. All you have to go to would be our website and everything, which is going to be awesome. I've been doing a lot of work on it and everything, and hopefully everything goes well. But right now, give me a hmm. second here. Yeah. Well, well, since, since uh, uh, you're not yeah. sure on Richard Ramirez, I was able to look up something 
Ramirez killed at least 14 people and attacked dozens more after he was captured before he was captured in 1985. Also known as the Night Stalker, the notorious serial killer stayed for a time at the Cecil Hotel. Which has a dark and sordid history as it is. Okay, question of the article I'm reading. When did the Night Stalker Richard Ramirez stay at the Cecil Hotel? It is believed that Richard Ramirez stayed at the Cecil Hotel in 1985 near the end of his reign of terror. The Night Stalker didn't prey on the people there. He just hung out because he fit in with them. Uh, said uh, Kim Cooper, who conducts tours from the, from the hotel. The hotel was erected, as you've read, in the 1920s. Eventually became a place to sleep for people who are down on their luck, or more like check in so they can check out suicide. The pop popular anthology series actually appeared on American Horror Story, featuring the hotel in season five. At the Cecil, there there would be uh, pensioners. Single people, drug and alcohol users. It was just where poor people lived. That's really would be how I would word it. Ramirez spent 23 years on death row after being arrested, and he died behind bars in 2013. Okay, what other serial killers have stayed at the hotel? Jack Otterweger, who was a serial killer who murdered people in multiple countries, including the U.S. He was mentioned. An Australian journalist, Otterweger, stayed at the Cecil Hotel in 1991. Possibly because of its connection to Ramirez, according to a medium. Unless the medium was uh, Marty Perry, or Michael, or Marty Perry. Unless it's one of those two, uh, Chris, Chris Fleming and Patty Negri. The only three mediums I would, I would say are legit. Not according to someone else. According to medium. I would definitely agree on that account. Those two are... Unterweger targeted prostitutes or commonly known as hookers. And was sus suspected of killing women in Austria, the Sketch Republic, and Los Angeles. He was convicted of murder, but was released on parole in 1990 before embarking on a killing spree. 
Unterweger was convicted of 11 murders by an Austrian court in 1994 and sentenced to life in prison. Eventually, he would hang himself in prison that same year. Now, according to information on Elisa Lamb, who was found dead in a water tank atop the Cecil Hotel in Los Angeles, February 19, 2013. Okay, I'll see a new documentary focusing on her. Investigators found that Lamb had stepped into an elevator on the day of her disappearance, which was nearly three weeks before. Her body was found after guests in the hotel complained about low water pressure and a weird taste in the tap water. That's why I don't drink tap water. I buy, I get the store-bought. A coroner issued a finding of accidental drowning with bipolar disorder as a significant factor. Um, okay. My brother Richie, who just kind of uh, stepped uh, uh, stepped in to say hi and had to go probably to watch later has bipolar disorder his bipolar disorder is kind of makes him go on off the rocket temper wise that's an understatement <laughs> <laughs> but Don't fish, bro. his bipolar whatsoever <laughs> Was never a factor in anything like this. No, it wasn't. Nor has he ever thought of doing anything stupid. Except for maybe uh, wanting to beat the shit out of people in a fight. That's about it. Yeah. But. Tinkerbell, no. Tinkerbell. <laughs> Sorry, bro. <laughs> Me, on the other hand, I have it also. But. In a depression type of way. Right. Do I get those thoughts every fucking day? No. But accidental drowning? That's the thing that's that bullshit. Exactly. That's why I've been talking about it. It's like no arrests. Something's wrong with that whole scenario right there. No arrests have been made in connection with the death. Uh, let's see. Cecil Hotel. Question. Cecil Hotel still open. The embattled uh, Cecil Hotel is no longer open for business. It was announced in 2016 that the hotel would have a $100 million of re renovation. Uh, Matthew uh, Barrett from Simon Barron Development mentioned to the LA Times that they were gutting the entire building. Uh, as he puts, we're going to have to redevelop it from the doorway to the roof and everything in between. More like you have to go from the bottom up. Baron added, we really think it's a fantastic location. The center where everything is happening. There is no word, of course, on a possible reopening. Now, 
<coughs> with that being said, Uh, I'm going to say this with information about how bipolar is and of course bipolar depression uh, the problem I'm seeing is with her behavior seen in the elevator, one, I'm not a psychologist, nor a psych psychiatrist, uh, uh, or, or someone licensed to do therapy. But, When, yeah, her movements, they may seem possible of some type of the, uh, bipolar disorder, but not to that extent. The way she was pressing the buttons and then another video of her moving her hands. It's standing there talking to something that we know ain't there or someone who is not open with a third eye is not going to see anything there. But people with like, or I should say like me who has a third eye and knows how to use it, you can see possibly of what's there she's talking to. And the fact that Michael Perry, being a medium, that actually went to his room. No, not, well, Michael was doing something with Billy on the roof. Talking about how he sees, saw a pentagram on, on the water tank. And Marty, his wife, was sitting in the damn room Richard Ramirez was in, which Paramike did see that too in the, in the episode. Now, Michael and Marty Perry being a psychic husband-wife thing, Michael being the medium and Marty, his wife, is a medium in another way by drawing photos or pictures of what she sees. Now, she's in his room drawing something that looked like it was something Ramirez did in prison. He Michael goes after a while goes into the same room and says the words, Hi killer. Yeah, that's now if the Richard hell Ramirez was never in that fucking hotel. How the fuck did Michael Perry find that out? That's a good question. 
That is a really good question. But I do have a video here from Netflix of Elisa Lamb in the elevator. Let me go back over here and see if I can share my screen again. Okay. There, here's the video of this. So hopefully, let me put on my earphones. So hopefully this actually will play. Now you tell me in any way, shape, or form, how in the hell can that happen, but yet nobody can figure out anything? Yeah, yeah. But yet it's on Netflix as a true crime scene. Well, figures, yeah. And even they stated... That she was accidentally drowned. But yet there's no physical proof that she was actually drowned. No, no. Due to the fact that we've seen how tall those damn water tanks are. Yeah. The top of the building. You need a goddamn crane to lift the damn lid off and refill it. You need a high-powered uh, freaking machine just in order to get the damn bolts off the fucking thing in, in order for her to go in. But th there's no way. No. They've no. examined it. Like, there is no way anybody could do this. They don't even have the strength to do something like this. That's the thing that catches me off guard. That's why I said... Um, I think there's more to this story than what 
these people doing investigations of the Cecil Hotel is not figuring it out or not investigating the correct way. That's why I said, I mean, the way Dave Schrader puts it, or some people of true crime put it, the paranormal doesn't exist in true crime. Right. I say bullshit. I do too. Because if that's the case, why the fuck would Michael Perry, a fucking well-known medium, pick up on the fact that he was in there, in the fucking main room? Yeah. That Elisa Lamb was actually uh, uh, placed in because of, two, because of her three uh, people with her couldn't handle her behavior. Right. That didn't actually affect that she had no behavior of that until after she got there. Exactly. That's now, one. somebody That's explain that to me. Right. Don't get me started with the paranormal. I've been in it since I was fucking three. I've been in it since I was 12. But it, it, or I should say my brother was like about maybe like a year old. Got his, him and Alex, they, he got, they got they theirs got when they were four. Yeah, it, it just doesn't make any sense. No, it doesn't. Especially for it's Netflix. The thing is, what Richard Ramirez dabbled in. Making him called the Night Stalker, the fact that he's he's done satanic mm-hmm. magic, which is nothing, which may be different from what I know as magic, but still on that line. He's done uh, killed fourteen people in different ways that are actually considered on the that are called. A new way of being a satanic mm-hmm. or a satanist, yeah, say, uh, satanist serial killer, right? Which is actually court documents. Now, obviously, the way I see it, just because Ramirez, Ramirez uh, uh, was, finally was finally killed in 2013. 2013. Because we don't know how long he was on death row for. That's a good point. Doesn't mean that his satanic paranormal stuff didn't continue after he died. Because, for example, he was also at a different hotel before the Cecil. Right. Which was also on... Ghost Adventures uh, Halloween special uh, Route 666. Yep, I remember that. He stayed at that hotel. It fucked around in the basement. And the fact that you know people are seeing me for a pentagram, which pisses me off because obviously some people can't tell the difference between the satanic pentagram and the main one. Why, why don't you show that? Because it's really not on the camera. A little bit more over this way because the microphone's blocking it. There you go. See? This, this if I could get it right in front of the camera, camera. it's a real pedigree. Not sideways. Or with two circles. 
Huh? Or with the two circles. Well, no, the two, the two circle pentagram is actually something of like uh, Alice Crowley, as well as LP Lovecraft. And, this is and of why course, it's also the um, the satanic priest that Zach had when they were investigating the two Halloween attractions. Oh yeah, I can't remember his name. I know I'm saying it, and he's even said that some of the symbols they are satanic, but some of them are not. Right. And the way he explained one of the pentagram symbols that is a leviathan. Yep. Leviathan pentagrams are known to be satanic. Right. But he's also said it. It's the intent of what people already have, uh, have in their heads. Yep. If it's someone of ill intent, it could keep going after the fucker dies. This is true. Because if not, if not, then there would still be activity in the first hotel of Richard Ramirez. Uh, Stayed at. Right. You stayed at Bluebird in the Cecil Hotel. No, if he was never in the Cecil Hotel, then Michael Perry would not have fucking figured that uh, sensed it exactly. and picked up on it. Exactly. So obviously he stayed, he stayed there. there. He might not have killed anybody here or anybody there, but his energy is still there. Yeah, and it can still fucking kill people. Yeah. Literally. And that's no, why, I'm getting off my high horse on that. Uh, that's why your brother said this. I don't believe in any of the bullshit paranormal shows on Netflix. I don't blame them. But did Richard but if it's goes, No. That's one I could have sworn because I saw something that... That's what I had left of my... Just for the segment. Oh, yeah. I, I, left, it there. I left it there and I was at age 15. <laughs> So, you know, I think there's more to this crime. They, but what it true crime enthusiasts really want to see. Exactly. Because I don't think they're really examining, you know, the water tanks too well. No. There's well, like how, the fucking body. It's like, how can one human being who looks like she was 90 pounds sound wet? Right. Get into uh what maybe a five six million feet tall water tank that is bolted heavily shut, and the only way to get it open is by a big ass machine. Yeah, yeah. With more power than what a human has, there's no human on this planet that can undo those things. No, yeah. It would be something of a supernatural force. Yeah, that I can understand, but still. The size of those freaking nuts on those things and the yeah. and with the bolts? No. I'm sorry, but I have issues on that one. I agree. Uh, well. Actually, is, that, is this one of them? Let me see. We are we going are to nope. All right. I'll post the rest go of them up. into some music. I'll post up the rest of these things uh, about the Cecil Hotel and Lisa Lamb. Up onto our website uh, and everything, which I put right there, just the way it is. 
and no, it's not a paid website. I know you see the HTTP part. We don't have money for that just yet. No. We don't have we don't money. money. We were surprised to get money for StreamYard to do our own podcast show live. So that's all I can that's all we can do. No. But I will take these stories and I will post them up onto the website for you all to check out more and then you guys can let us know what's going on. I think I already read that story before. I don't know why it popped up again. Okay. You're up. And I'm going to shut my mic off. And Okay. Uh, we're going to go with uh, some music stuff. Oh, Sarah. Hang on. Tell Sarah to go to the YouTube channel. Well, she decided to uh, listen to something uh, else. She uh, sent me a face face DM, but my my phone's in the other room charging. But we're going to talk some music. music. So I got uh, 31 best, most popular or best rock bands of all time. Still got to get through that. And I also have, uh, if I can find it, another uh, music email of 100 greatest singers of all time, which greatest singers is those who don't have their own band. They sing on their own. In other words, solo artists. But we're going to go through the uh, rock bands. It's also sort of like almost like a little game that I have to do. I do with Paramite because he has long-term and short-term memory loss due to a... uh, surgery in his brain uh in 2016 which happened like three weeks before i had a back injury wrestling or i should say not really a back injury got hit in the back to lower back twice or a douchebag who didn't think who didn't like losing to a female in a man's match And I still say, if people want to say that wrestling's fake to me, Steph. Hi. Okay. Most popular album, 10. Okay. The band's from Seattle. It was formed by guitarist Stone Gossard uh, and bassist Jeff Emmett, or Emmett, or however you want to pronounce it, and eventually joined by Eddie Vedder. Grammy winners, 
and rock, rock and Roll Hall of Famers. Cranked out five number one albums, such as V's, with the letter V and an S, Vitology, and No Code. Let's see. Okay, Paramic. Uh, you go. Oh, this is like a 90s band, so you should know who it is. Ah, crap. <laughs> and here I was checking out the, the YouTube page, and I was just checking out the Facebook page and see how it is, and well, as we're moving forward in what we're doing, everything is like a bit of a delay. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I it, which is kind of cool, but it's okay. It works, and we're still alive. <laughs> All right. I just read everything that you should know already. I wasn't even paying attention to the question. Okay. Yeah. Seattle band. Yeah. Formed by guitarist Stone Gazard and bassist Jeff Ament. And eventually joined by Eddie Vedder. The Grammy winners and Rock and Roll Hall of Famers. Cranked out five number one albums, such as V's with the capital V and a small S, Vidology, and No Code. And most popular album is 10. Well, it's definitely not Alice Cooper. They had combining guitar riffs and post-punk angst. Seattle-based grunge indie rockers. So, I have no damn clue. Pearl Jam. I with you, DJ, with you had some people did ask you to play a few of their songs. Yeah, that's like the normal ones. Huh? That's like the normal songs that everybody grew up with, but I don't remember them in the category of indies. Me neither. So me neither. something's wrong with that whole I mean, the scenario. photo I'm looking at, it kind of looks like stoners. Uh, just a man. I really don't know how to shrink it down. Do you have an option on your screen there to share it? Where? Because I'm reading this from my email. Okay, hold on. Let me cut my microphone. Because I notice when I go to read something, I'm not on screen. Oh, here we go. Let's share. Your screen. Yeah, you don't want to show that again. Come on. See your screen. Right this one here. Share it. Sorry, folks. We're still trying to get this thing out here. Hmm. Your screen, but where is it? Uh, again, I would have to go in my email. Yeah, 
that's your screen. Yeah. So just go back to where you were. There it is. Her jam. Now I'm surprised you didn't realize. Uh, I mean, I personally, I don't remember those albums either. I mean, I remember hearing them, but their tunes were pretty good. I just never really understood. I really caught what they were saying. Mm. But all in all, Pearl Jam Records reached the top ten. Yeah, eleven Pearl Jam Records reached the top ten and went plat and seven went platinum. See, that's but if you see by the photo I'm looking at, looks like something from the seventies that you would see at Woodstock. Yeah, hippie category. <laughs> Spotify followers five point nine million. Facebook likes ten point two million. That's why I said with with this right here. Yeah, yeah. I don't remember those songs that you said that are down in the thing. Down that way. Yeah. Yeah. Down there of the songs. So that's what I'm trying to figure out is like uh <laughs> and then you said the word indies. I'm like, wait a second. I mean, I mean I personally I would not categorize Pearl Jam as a grunge indie rocker. Exactly. That's what I'm trying to figure out. It's like, wait a second, you're saying grunge indie. I mean, I don't see that. And then these people are from Seattle? I mean, mean, post-punk angst, you can kind of see that. Where? Grunge? I do not see that. Grunge is basically... It's heavy metal metal music, but you don't know what the fuck they're saying. Exactly. Because they're just doing nothing but yelling. Yeah. Okay, okay, cover your eyes. Here's the next one. Let's see. The, uh, let's see. A popular album that came out by this band is The Greatest Hits. It was founded by a jazz rock group from San Francisco. Among its original members was former uh, Santana's Take a drink, take a shot, and a chug. I stumble. Santana guitarist Neil Scone. Just as long as you don't have to work tomorrow. The band believed it needed a stronger, more charismatic vocalist and added Steve Perry in 1977. The group plays six songs. In the Billboard Hot 100 Top 10, including Open Arms at number two and the anthemic Don't Stop Believing at number nine. Journey. Hold on. Their album success was even better. Eight LPs broke into the Billboard 200 Top 10 with Escape. Top of the Top charts of the in 1981. Journey. Yes. yes. <laughs> but there's a conflict conflict in that what you just said. What? Of what? the songs. 
Okay. Open arms. Yeah. Number one was a fucking Creed song. <laughs> Number two, that's a copyright infringement between Creed and Journey. Yeah. But a lot of people are saying that Creed came up with the song Open Arms first. No. Even I know Journey. it was Journey. And the thing is, I didn't hear Journey until like maybe just the beginning of 90s when I first heard well, Journey. Let's be honest. Uh, I was born in 77, but when I first heard Journey, it was through my cousin, which I don't have contact okay, anymore with. Hold on. But the song Don't Stop Believing. It was in the movie Rock of Ages. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I'm surprised you to pick on Don't Stop know, Believing right there. See, there's another conflict because they also, because that with that song, Don't Stop Believing, was from another group. I don't remember that. Um, oh god, what was that other group? <laughs> was supposed to, I think it was supposed to be Foreigner, or it was another group, but I can't remember the name off the top of my head. I still I say still Foreigner say- is not a fucking rock band. Yeah. I don't give a fuck. But there's been so many conflicts and so many uh, new songs that come out from way back in the fucking boondock errors <laughs> all the way up to now. True, and it's it to me. It's just highly ridiculous. I don't know. I can understand if you guys are if people are doing it as a cover or a tribute. Yeah, to the way mm-hmm. back stoners, the dinosaurs. Which I do have a story Did, about. I that. think Journey. They also had a song. Um, I I might be getting confused with a different band because their song was in the Karate Kid too. Or a song, uh, everything, any, anything for love. I think it's Journey, but it sounds, but Journey and and another band sounds the sound the same. Yeah. Anything for love. It sounds like it's Journey. That's what I know because Richie keeps saying it's a different, it's a different band. Right. That's what I've been saying too. And I don't know what band it is because they sound the same as Journey. Exactly. That that's my whole freaking point. That's my whole point about you know in the music industry, in the radio DJ. You have one song that you played from the fucking dinosaur age <laughs> to the caveman age to the apes age to now a bunch of <laughs> <laughs> They keep saying that, oh, no, this song is from this group. No, this song was the original group. No, this song was from the fucking dinosaur age. <laughs> what next? You were going to hear, oh, no, this song was when the aliens were first here? <laughs> yeah, there was Did the aliens create this song? I don't think so. This is why I get so pissed off <laughs> in the music industry and in the radio. I was in the radio for three and a half years. DJ, DJ, DJ for longer than that. And I burnt myself out. And then I got into DJing with a couple of friends of mine for about maybe two, two and a half years. And after that, you know, two to two and a half years, I fucking quit it. I was done with it. Yeah. I didn't okay. want to be. Yeah, but you DJed for my dad for two I and a half years. I didn't want to be done with it. 
just as long as nobody was getting fucking married and I had a <laughs> DJ to damn thing because I've already had two bad experiences when I did it for two and a half years. I know. After three and a half years of burning myself out on a fucking radio station. Well, no offense, oh. but you did have someone leading the show that was an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> the only the funny only person of that whole fucking of that whole three hours was freaking uh, Metal Ed. Yeah, I know. The only motherfucker what that was interesting to hear. Yeah, and he's still and he's still with uh, the radio business. Please tell me he's not around that more. Ed. No. Okay. Okay. Good. good. No. No, that he's that person is all the way up in Boston somewhere. But heavy metal, metal Ed, my good friend still, and I still chat with him once in a while on Facebook. He's still doing the radio show business. Okay. And everything. He's still with uh, ninety point seven FM WTCC in Springfield, Massachusetts. I'm surprised that's still, uh, still uh, he's still there. Um and everything and I'm surprised that still, still, still going. going. Yeah, I know. Since, Since I went to college. college, yeah. And when he has the chance, he has his own cell phone. He's got it all hooked up and everything, or yeah. laptop. I don't know what he has, but he will do a live show while he's on the air for people yeah. to hear. Yeah. And I'm like, that's pretty cool. The only the funny only thing I saw that Metal Ed was doing was mooning your idiot. That idiot. That was funny. <laughs> Dino, DC, and um, I think Carlos was there. Eddie's uh, have a have a metal's brother. Yeah, was there, and they started rolling their asses off. And I'm sitting in in the studio with the dude, being the co-host, <laughs> and everything. And I like looked over this way, and I'm like, oh my god, my eyes. <laughs> It's it probably where Alex, where Alex kind of clicked. Well, no. Well, 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 when did you first meet Richie? Or are you just are you still already knew him? Well, when I was when I first started in the radio business, um, now th this is the weird story. <laughs> okay, you have to remember I'm from Springfield, Massachusetts. Okay, and if I were you, don't go there, guys. It's not worth it. It's not it's about not a bunch of assholes and douchebags. I worked Ooh. at a supermarket in East Long Meadow, Massachusetts called Super Stop and Shop. Before that, I thought I was getting hired for Edwards Supermarket. I was unaware when I got hired for Edwards that they were transitioning from Edwards Supermarket to Super Stop and Shop. Yeah. It didn't click on me at first, but I said, okay, fine. Not a problem. I was supposed to be put in the groceries department in Edwards, but when it switched over to Super Stop and Shop, I got put in the fucking frozen food. <laughs> These fucking idiots at Stop and Shop do not understand that when somebody has a defect in their body system, they can't be put in a certain area. I unfortunately was born in 1977, July, which is coming up soon. Yeah. Yeah. I was born with two half dollar size holes in both my ears. Doctors try to put tubes into my ears to, so right up, right up. to make it look like this, a normal size ear. 
Both of them fell the fuck out. The doctor's like, holy shit, what the fuck are we going to do now? Uh, don't know. Don't, 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 don't put, have uh, doctors put tubes in your kids' ears. No fucking cracker for these doc nuts. So, every winner. Now, we know how Canada is with their winners. Fucking ice age coldness. I think beyond ice age. The Canadians could probably make keys with their damn teeth. <laughs> like Eskimos would do in the North Pole. I guarantee it. But when you live in New England, Massachusetts area, or wherever, it it will get so damn cold. It feels like you're in Connecticut. Um, not Connecticut. Canada or the fucking North Pole. <laughs> so I got stuck in the frozen food department for over a year. And I hated the damn thing. A friend of mine or a co-worker of mine was a porter. And yeah, if you people yeah. don't know what a porter is, it's a person that cleans up shit from other people that are morons. <laughs> and he was telling me that he had a radio show. Well, Tuesday was coming around. Him and I both had the day off. He asked me if I would like to hang out with him. I said, sure. Not a problem. And this was a Monday afternoon. I'm like, okay, sure. Not a problem. I thought his show was, you know, Tuesday mornings from like normal time to normal time. No. His radio show was on Tuesday mornings from 3 to 6 a.m. Excuse me? Which people do think it's 3 to 6 from 3 a.m. to 6 a.m. Devil hours. Right. So I'm like, yeah, okay, why not? He didn't tell me what type of show he he had. I'm figuring, hey, it's it's the shit we listen to today. (laughs) I couldn't go. No. He shocked the hell out of me when he picked me up at one in the morning. I was almost asleep. So before we went to the radio station, we went to Denny's. Best freaking restaurant ever. Of course, you can't find Denny's where we live now. Sucks. But we went to Denny's. We had what you call early morning breakfast, which was awesome. And then we went over to the radio station. I thought I thought the radio station we were going out was a re- legitimate radio station. No. I'm looking around. I'm like, uh, okay, this does not look like a radio station, dude. I don't know. Not at all. Then I look at and he said, look at this sign over here. STCC. In long terms, Springfield Technical Community College. Yeah. What the fuck am I getting myself into? So we go in. I hear regular music. I'm like, okay. Still won't tell me what the hell he was going to play or what his show was called. So I said, okay, this should be fun for about three hours. We go in. He's going to these old-fashioned style foot lockers, which you will find in high school. Pulls out 
all oh. this music. He pulls out a crate of binders of CDs. I'm like, Jesus Christ. And I'm thinking to myself, I was like, wait a second. We have computers now. We have the age of technologies of just lo- uploading all the music into a computer and just play it from there. Just log in with your name, and then there's your entire list of songs you can just pick and play. Yeah. No, yeah. this shit was old school. This shit was like uh, when your grandmother taught you how to do laundry by tub. So we go in. I'm sitting in the guest chair. He sits in the hot seat, as he calls it. <laughs> he plays an intro. And the first thing I heard was, welcome to the Christian Rock Music Department. <laughs> this is the Christian Rock Show. I wanted to freaking swear at him, but he already had his mic live, so I had to keep shut. So he's doing his whole spiel and everything, and then he goes into the first three songs. Shuts my mic off, shuts his mic off, and the music's just playing. I'm like, dude, seriously, you couldn't tell me this five hours ago? He's like, I wanted to be a surprise. I was like, oh, oh. I was like, okay, then. Here we go now. We're going and going and going. First break comes up after the third song. He pops on. He's reading back all the songs and from who it was and where they rated on a Christian music billboard chart. I'm like, wait a second. I know about billboards, but there's a Christian music billboard chart? I'm like, there's got to be an issue with this. My head was starting to hurt. And my, my ears were popping out signs saying, kill us! Cut us off! And then he introduced me as his not guest. Mind you, not guest that I thought I was going to be. He puts me as co-host of the show. Okay, I'm the co-host of the show now with him. And I really wasn't liking the music too well. Yeah. Yeah. But after maybe a month or two, I started getting into it for some odd reason. Don't know why. Then, three, four months later into it, now it's five or six months into it. And... He decided to turn around and not tell me of another surprise after a while as we were just, you know, him being in the hot seat, me being in the cold seat. Not a problem. Yeah. He ended up talking to the director of the entire station and the trainer. Now, the trainer in radio uh, area is a person that teaches, trains, and shows you so many different shortcuts that regular radio stations do not show you. And I got in, he got me into a class that lasted 12 weeks. I was like, that son of a bitch. Why did he do this? 
So I went through it. Passed with flying colors. The only one that passed out of 10. I don't know if you can see that. Dumbasses that couldn't even do it right. And I'm the only one. (laughs) So go back next week. Do the show. Him in a hot seat, me in a cold seat. I was unaware of this. And he turns around. And I'm just sitting in the cold seat thinking, okay, I'm supposed to get my own show. I already know what I want. I know what I want to talk about and everything. And hopefully I can get a time slot. My friend turns around turns around on live radio at 3 in the morning and pops this. This is my last time here on the radio show of playing Christian rock music. Tonight is my official last night of being a DJ for this show. But there is a backup that's going to be taking over the show and that is my co-host, which was me. I fell out of the damn chair. I'm like, um, excuse me? I'm like, bro, you know I'm trying to get my own show now since you got me into a class and I passed with flying colors. You want me to take over your show? He's like, yep. Within one hour... And here is at the top of the hour, four o'clock in the morning. I take over for the last two hours of the show. Okay. And I'm doing it. And he's just sitting back and relaxing. Now he becomes the cold seat and I become the hot seat. It's like, okay, I did it and everything. Next week, I was... The host of the entire show. Christian rock Rock music music. show. And I'm thinking in the back of my head still, but I'm being professional and going out with the show. And I'm thinking to myself, why? Why did he have to throw this on me? When yet I'm trying to get my own show. No offense, but nothing on you says I'm Christian. (laughs) The music music we listen to. to. (laughs) And it was was like, holy crap. And trying to come up with great songs for this show from 3 in the morning to 6 in the morning every Tuesday that I had to be before. It was a pain in the balls. Because I had to make sure that this CD rolls into this CD that will roll into this CD to roll into whatever I had to do and then come back with almost the same exact style. It was hard. I was not prepared for that. I didn't know I had to go from, okay, kick it off, get your blood boiling, get your pump adrenaline pumping for this, and then go to a thung. I'm like, what the hell? She's like, this is not how I planned it. (laughs) So I did that for three and a half years, and I burnt myself out for it. 
Well, I also, well, 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 funny thing is, thing is, one of my one professors, professors was actually, was actually the, the director, director of, the of the radio station. station. I asked him, I said, look, you got a radio station in this community college. Why the fuck are you doing Christian music? It he was goes, goes, uh, uh, It wasn't it was, his doing. It was actually the dean of STCC's doing. He goes, he goes well, well. He goes, well, he goes, one, well of one of my broadcasts, broadcasts he's, 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 he's the one that pitched the idea. idea. Yeah, yeah. Is the motherfucker here anymore? He's like, he's like no. no. But, but I gotta, I gotta go. go. I have a class to teach. One of my brothers is sitting in the class. Yeah, and I uh, went okay. okay. I go. I'm gonna I'm leave you with this thought. thought. A radio, a regular radio show usually does all genres of music, from jazz to freaking Elvis, fucking Beatles, you name it. Yeah, nobody's gonna listen from three to six in the fucking motherfucking morning. Christian music. I can, I can tell, tell you that, that for a fact. Oh, there were a lot of people listening to me at 3 to 6 in the morning because of the way I was doing the show. And there was one morning that I was just so tired, had no energy, but I knew I had to do the show. Oh, yeah, the old lady that brought you to three cappuccinos. Six cappuccinos. Oh, six? Yes, six. Congratulations. That, that was my grandmother. My <laughs> best friend, Dino. Pops up at the radio station because he called me ahead of time during, you know, the show when I wasn't even on the air. And I had to call the security guard at the front gate and let him know. I was like, hey, I have somebody coming up um, very soon. His name is Dino. Bring him directly to the station and let me know that he's here in the lobby so I can go get him and bring him into the studio. He was nice. I was not even widely thinking of having a drink there. Due to the fact that we had a coffee maker, but the damn thing was broken. It's like, oh, great. Because normally the coffee maker's for us, the DJs. Not for anybody else. Well, somebody broke it. So I was like, okay. I'm just so bored, so tired. And I was like... Uh, I got to find music to, to pick, give me a pick-me-up or something or maybe send my friend out to like the gas station up the road to go get me a coffee. No, this sweet old lady calls the station, requests a song, and says, okay. now here's the other thing. I'm right outside the door with something to pick you up with. <laughs> Um, excuse me? I'm outside the door with something for you and your friend. I give you a little pick-me-up. I'm outside the station door. I'm thinking to myself, how did this woman even get into the gate with the security guard sitting there? Did this idiot fall asleep? Probably. So I threw on a song that was a concert. It was, what? What? it was a concert CD. Okay. Okay. And everything because um, it was on my list. And it said, okay, play a concert for a little bit so you can get ready for your talking segment 
and everything of uh, a news article that I found. So I play this concert. I go out of the studio, walk down this little narrow ass hallway. I hated that hallway. hallway. Right past the production studio. Not a production room. It was a production studio. The production room was on the other side of the goddamn campus. So I walk to the, to the studio door. I open it up, and here's a sweet old lady with six tall-ass cappuccino cups from Dunkin' Donuts. And I'm, like, thinking to myself, it's like, when did Dunkin' Donuts start doing cappuccinos? Because I always stop at the Dunkin' Donuts downtown. Yeah. And not once have I ever seen Dunkin' Donuts sell cappuccino. That was amazing. I had... Three of the goddamn things. And I was off the fucking walls in there. Paralore shows up. <laughs> I had to pick up my brothers to go figure. Paralore shows up. She's coming in and she's just seeing me fly back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, trying to get more music and everything, trying to get things set up. Well, and at everything. the time, he's still set up. Sort of sort snobbish of, because of how, who my father was. Yeah. But, but he was kind of looking at me sideways. sideways. <laughs> <laughs> that was, my, that brother, was my, my brother Alex's, Alex's first, first night. night. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, holy crap. This woman hit me with the right spot, and I was just flying through the last two hours of the show. And I was still flying for at least four more days after the show. Congratulations. That was my grandmother. And I did not sleep. I was preparing for next week's show, and then went the week after that, and the week after that, and the week after that. And I'm like, oh my god! Three and a half years I did that, and I burnt myself out. And then a friend of mine had his own DJ business, asked me to help him out. I said, okay, go there, dealing with him, helping him out. Luggedy equipment. I was like, holy crap. Setting it up. Making sure the music worked. Make sure the microphone worked and everything. And made sure that there was some, like a pad and a pencil or a pen to write down certain songs and make sure that it's all set up. Did that for a while. And then he, my friend approaches me and says, hey, got a situation for you. I give him that look like, okay, what's the situation? In the back of my fucking noggin here is like, is it going to be good, asshole? <laughs> you better say fucking no. Got a wedding coming up. And we have to DJ it. <coughs> Excuse me? I thought it was bullshit. And that's what exactly what I did. He said, no, it's a wedding. It's a paying gig. They're paying us $5,000. I get $2,500. He gets $2,500. Okay. We set up a date and a meeting with these people. We find out what they want for music and where we're going to be setting up. West Springfield, Massachusetts, by the Rotary, which is the dangerous area yeah. there is in any state that has a fucking 
circleized the rotary. And this was at the Knights of Columbus, which I've never heard of before. And I'm thinking, okay, Knights of Columbus, this has to be like a uh, secret club or something, something Nazism. No. I don't know what the hell it is, and that's the way my brain thinks. Knights of Columbus is similar to the Freemasons. I know, because my father's but you both. Have, I know, but you have to realize I've never heard of Knights of Columbus. I know, I know. I'm thinking, oh, great, it's like a, some type of secret Nazi organization or some kind of clan organization that's going to fucking kill us. So we go there. It's The building outside is nice. The parking lot is decent. Go inside, and all my fucking hairs on my body stood outwards. <laughs> I felt like I was in an icebox. This place was dark. This place was creepy. <laughs> This place looked like an inside of, a, of an old, decrepit ship. Everything was just wood. I was like, who the hell still has wood for everything? Wood walls, wood ceiling, wood floors. What the fuck? And it's just creepy. So we do it. We're getting everything set up. My friend asks me to go park the truck. Here's a problem. A best friend of mine tried to teach me how to drive a stick shift. And if most of you people don't know what a stick shift, it's not an automatic. You literally have to manually clack, clank, 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 clank. I don't drive those. I tried once, and I blew the transmission out of my friend's CSR, uh, CRVX. <laughs> which is a little tiny puddle jumper roller skate blew right out on the farm. I said, thanks, but that's not my type of style. I like automatics. So I tried to do it. I got it in reverse. Finally, he forgot to tell me, oh yeah, the, uh, the joystick sticks sometimes on reversing. So I did it and parked it. Okay. That was it. I said, I'm never doing that again. <laughs> we go in We're getting everything set up Not even the time comes around Because we had like two hours left The damn groom Runs away With the bride's cousin Jackie And it's already in Hawaii by, by then it's like, And the woman kills herself right in front of us Oh Jesus Okay strike one for me a year later, it goes by. Now, this is my second year into the into doing DJing with my friend. Yeah, Chicago. Chicago. No. No? No, this was in my old neck of the woods where I grew up. Okay. Forest Park. I was wondering how my dad had a shitload of business right at that point. Another person was getting married, and it was going to be at their house. So we take a travel over there. My friend didn't know what the street was. I'm like, well, what's the name of the street? And he says, Carver. I know exactly what that is because it's not that far from the school I used to go to that I ended up walking home because I cussed the uh, teacher's aide out for swearing at me. And I'm doing my freaking work. So I was like, I know what that is. What's the address? He gives me the address. Like, oh, that's that little white house with the goofy uh, driveway that looks like it has a pump in the middle. So we go there and everything. We meet the groom. Six foot four tall dude. 
I thought he was going to hit the ceiling fan with his head. <laughs> and his bride, to be his wife, four foot nothing. I'm like looking, I'm like, holy crap, the math doesn't add up here. I'm literally looking down at this woman like this and talking to her. With her husband, I'm like, born, I'll see her up there. <laughs> Oh, Jesus Christ. It's like, okay. It wanted to be done next week, but he needed to make sure everything was uh, stabilized, make sure we were all set up for the week. The day before we had the show up, this four foot nothing female hangs herself by the ceiling fan. Oh, Jesus. I turned around and said, that's it. I'm fucking done. Um, I'm out. You can give me the rest of my money. I'm done. I'm gone. I'm, I quit. I quit DJing. I quit showing up to places to play certain music. I was done. My friends heard about it and asked me if I was okay. I said, no, I'm kind of traumatized right now. It's like, but you got to go back in the DJ and it's your thing. You have so many people that want you. I'm like, I'm done. That's it. No more. Two weddings. One groom runs off with, with his bride's fucking cousin. A four foot nothing little woman hangs herself by a ceiling fan and it's still going around and around and around until the cops came there, which took about an hour. I'm sorry. I grew up in Forest Park area, and there's always a cop in the area, and is there within two seconds. You telling me for over an hour this this four foot nothing spinning around the fan, and there ain't a cop in the area. I was done. That's why I got out of doing music, and you know. Went from Massachusetts to Florida for about three and a half years. That sucked. I mean, I thought it was going to be good, but nope. Couldn't even <laughs> get a place to live down there because everybody's a bunch of assholes. Moved back to Massachusetts after three and a half years. Had surgery done on my right shoulder because somehow I had melanoma from a fungus that was supposed to be a birthmark. And how many birthmarks? grow into funguses. None. So I did that. Lived there for a little bit longer. Went to school. I was trying to get back into computers because one other school kind of fucked me out of my certificate to being certified, which I am. I'm a certified computer technician. And Cowboy even got you a gig at his, at his book. Yeah. And then after that, when I was a DJ and I was setting up security cameras, oh, I know, computer yeah. systems, you were security. I was like that. Um, did that for a while. School. Uh, I was trying to become. I wanted to go back to school for computers again because there's new things out there that I don't know of. And for some reason, in this this place, they decided to give me a test that was way the fuck out of my league. Some of it was easy. Some of it was normal. Not a problem. Other ones were just like so far out of my league. This was like university bullshit that I don't comprehend. It's like, let's see, 
you have this diagram. How many triangles do you see? Or how many triangles can you make? I'm sorry. I only have a high school diploma from a learning center in high school. You expect me to understand university crap? That means uh, uh, learning disability for people who don't know. I know because I have one. And it's like, okay, forget it. I'm not going to be able to answer these three questions because I did not go to college. I did not go to the university. This is ridiculous. And outside of that, uh, there wasn't much college courses in that type of the three problems that high schools would normally offer you. Those were just questions. questions. No, they were actually legit questions. From yeah, a, yeah, from yeah, a university. Yeah, you showed yes. Cowboy the fucking thing, and he even said, the fuck, is this trick questions? No, I thought it was legit. <laughs> yeah, and he cussed out your professor afterwards? <laughs> no, he didn't cuss out the professor. This was just to see if I can get into the computer course at, near uh, an air base. Which was kind of also the odd thing, too. But, oh well. So, I got into HVAC. It was pretty fun. Got to learn more about air conditioners and different things, and got to learn how to work on furnaces and gas pilot ones compared to oil ones, and how to fix them, how to troubleshoot them, stuff like that. Okay, it was fun. Then we go over to the board, where you have to literally hook up colored wires to the proper switches. Well, I get all my wires perfectly up. I did not know that my station was still powered on. Because I thought it was off, according to the teacher. I put my screwdriver on the last circuit, where I had to put in a purple wire into it. I got zapped with 350 volts. And the only thing I saw was a big white bang of a light. And I just stood there shaking, full of electricity, and my eyes were like dark as hell. The teacher goes over to the power box, looks at my station. And the damn switch is off. Then how is there hell is there still voltage in the last part of my board? And I get 350 volts electrocution. I left that thing. <laughs> Went to work for a landlord that I was renting from. Who is a fucking moron. $750 a week. Plus I had to pay for my own utilities. My own gas. Yeah, after Alex died, we got we got kind of screwed. And I told him, you know, okay, in order to fix up this building that we were living in, which you weren't allowed to by SSI, you would have to get all the proper code enforcement materials. He got the shit versions. I remember uh, one day I cussed him out. Um, 
after I got back from Salem from burying my brother Alex. It was funny because Mike's on the phone with my other brother Richie. And I'm in that mood where I don't give a fuck who you are, I'm going to kill you. Mm-hmm. And he's Mike's talking to Richie about something. And my landlord comes in, starts telling him, oh, you, you need to start doing this, this, this. And, and I was I'm just, just I just had gotten out of shower. I come out of the shower in my bathrobe, right up to my landlord. I said, "Let me tell you something, dumbass. You know my husband is on SSI for physical disabilities. One of them what? being seizures. He's not allowed to do any fucking work in this goddamn house." And when she means by seizures, it's not like the normal ones that people see almost every day. Yeah, it's epilepsy. It's epilepsy seizures, which means you don't know when those fuckers are going to kick your in your ass. And you want you him to do your shit. No, 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 no. You're the fucking landlord. You have the fucking money. You come in here and fucking do it yourself or hire people who know how. Unfortunately, the people he had didn't know shit. He's like, oh, I got, they couldn't put I, got a, I got someone who works here. He fucking quit on your ass. He couldn't even put in a window right. He didn't know how to put in a fucking window. He didn't know how to put a fucking door down but a goddamn door. This is true. And you're getting cheap ass shit. And I'm the go one doing f- it. Go to fucking Home Depot. At least they got shit that works. Or Lowe's. Or let me put it this way. Home Sleepover. Or Lowe's. Go to either Home Sleepover or fucking Lowe's. Exactly. He didn't know it. People know how to fucking do the goddamn job. He didn't do it. I had to go get the equipment from a best friend of mine, which we're still good friends. I just haven't talked to him in a while, but he seems to be doing pretty yeah, good for well, himself. Well, you didn't, you didn't tell, tell me you still ended up doing it. I was at, I was bartending after I took a step back for about about a year from wrestling to clear my head mentally. Right. I'm bartending. Uh. My boss, uh, uh, Cowboy, Cal- who actually now lives in uh, Vermont, has a couple of clubs out there. They're not straight. They're not straight clubs. They're gay. They cl- They're gay clubs. And I prefer working in those than other ones. You don't deal with ass- assholes most most of the time. Uh, Cowboy calls and checks on Paramike for me. Cause I'm, I got a fucking bar full of fucking people, so I can't do it. And he's not yelling over the phone, but he's kind of. I could tell he he was the way he was talking. His blood pressure is about to go higher. I finished giving a round of fucking shots to like a bachelor party, a gay a gay bachelor party, which I didn't give a damn. And I go to my boss, and I say, "Cowboy, what's going on? I can hear you over the fucking music." He goes, "Kind of making a joke and not trying to set me off because he knew how how stressed out I was." He goes, "I'm surprised you could hear that over Aqua going." I still want to kill the motherfucker who had that damn song playing. But point is, I can hear you over that. (sighs) 
I am so glad that I had my headphones on and blasting my music so I want to hear that garbage. He goes, I want uh, to kill the bastard myself. He goes, well, I just got off the phone with Mike. I wait, that's why the phone's still on. He goes, okay, I got Mike on the phone. Um, I go, what's the problem? He goes, Mike's fine. Your landlord's an idiot. Probably something I don't fucking know. He goes, well, let's just say he ended up getting, your husband ended up getting all the materials for the apartment and he's doing it himself. And I'm in the middle about the poor fucking uh, tall boy. And I remember just squeezing the glass and breaking it. Surprising no glass got stuck in my hand. I went, you want to repeat that? He goes, uh, I know your brother Richie said not to really say this, but um, I didn't stutter. I got on the phone. Now, wait. Where the fuck is he? He goes, he just left. He figured... You know, he knew you weren't home, so he dropped the shit off and told me I had to do it. So he's bridging the con- the rental contract. Is he? Does he want a lawsuit? He goes, well, he's supposed to be showing up tomorrow morning. Good, because I'm in a bad mood as it is. I t- I'll make sure that motherfucker turns white. Whiter than Michael Jackson was. And, you know, Paramike Mike was trying, trying to get me to relax because he knew he I was in that mindset. mindset. And, and uh, uh, he's, like, he's like, you know, you know how, how Richie doesn't it, like you doing that side of magic. I won't give a fuck at this point. And, uh, and uh, I get off the phone, do my shift, and got pay, got my tips. I was also picking up a paycheck that night too. Get home, and I see my landlord's car in the driveway. He's actually on the apartment up above us. And I'm standing in the doorway going up to the second apartment. I mean, we were friends with our neighbors above us. They were, you know, Puerto Ricans, but they knew how pissed off I was. I had been. And they understood where I was coming from. And they knew I was, I was dealing with burying someone in my family. And the head of the house of the second apartment above me. He was pretty cool with me. I was actually cool with his with his niece. And they're seeing me standing. Apparently, I had fallen asleep, but I was actually sleepwalking. But I didn't know it. But they saw me standing where my landlord was coming down the stairs. And when he reached the stairs and saw me, 
I didn't know what the fuck he was saying to me. All I saw was somebody in front of me. And it, I knew it wasn't Mike. I knew it wasn't either of my brothers. One of them was six feet under then. And my other one's my other brother's in Vermont. So I automatically, I don't know what the fuck happened. All I know is about 10 o'clock that morning, I wake up and my head's pounding. My left shoulder was killing me. And Paramike's niece, who was almost afraid to come near me, and Paramike's half-sister, who I dropped out the window two weeks before, two weeks after, before that, because once she ruined my jeans and she ruined a pair of boots, which I know I ain't going to get either one back. I went, what the fuck happened? He or goes, repaired. uh... Let's just Let's say you threw our landlord or out, out off the second porch, off the second floor. I did. Did I kill him? He's like, no, but you fucked him up pretty good. I go, still probably won't, probably won't uh, smarten his ass. Anyway, back to uh, what we're carrying on here. The next uh, rock band, popular album Blurry Face. I don't know how someone would come up an album named Blurry Face, but it's a band that was formed by high school friends. They're from Columbus, Ohio, one of our state neighbors. In 2009, combined elements of rock, rap. Don't know how rap fits in rap fits in that category. An emo pop built a following by cons- constant touring and true use of so- social media. Has posted three platinum albums and 11 singles also went out, went platinum. Their single Stressed Out reached number two on the Billboard Hot 100. Won a Grammy in 2016. It is an eight time platinum record. Two of their albums were top 10 hits on the Billboard 200. And of course, one, Lori Face, topped the chart. Hmm. No go? No go. 21 Pilots. I've heard of Stone Temple Pilots. Yeah, I would agree with that. I never heard of 21 Pilots. Neither have I. The only thing 21 I know is 21 Jump Street. No shit. That's it. But they're not a music group. That was a TV show. On Fox. I mean, looking at a photo with this guy, uh, I'd rather watch Soundgarden. Listen to Soundgarden. Should I pop it up? Yeah. So people yeah. can see. There it is, folks. And what the fuck you see here? <laughs> I don't know if I'm watching someone that's pure skin or a fucking cartoon. <laughs> you guys comment on, on this one, please. He <laughs> looks like a fucking cartoon. Please comment on this, and I will do something like that for you. If that's a bullet on his head, it looks like a fucking Q-tip backwards. That looks like this right here of my hair. 
Really, the sunglasses. It does not match the outfit. I don't know if his neck has a tattoo or he needs to take a shower. It's so dark. Nah, that's a tattoo around his neck. That's what I meant. On his neck. That's what I said. That's a tattoo around his neck. It's around his whole neck. It looks it, like a like damn fucking, fucking, he's a fucking shower. You got... I don't know if you want to call them tattoos on his right arm. And a tattoo on his left with words I can't even see because it's so small. His hands look like they need to get washed. If this like shredded like, black, black shirt, shirt is supposed it's to be a fashion, fashion sense. Then anybody I know that is gay that's ever given me fashion sense before, this guy seriously needs to call him. <laughs> it looks like the band the band member from LMFAO. Fozzie. Uh no, hold on. And Avenged Sevenfold decide to have a three-way menage a trois, and this is what popped <laughs> out for music. I don't think so. Uh, okay. okay. Ozzy? Uh, no. Simply because of how the glasses, sunglasses are. No, the sunglasses are, are uh, LMFAO. Okay, yeah. Except well, where this, do you see the Ozzy? Except this one here has the, the shades in it. Okay. Fail don't have the shades in his white glasses. Okay, where the fuck do you see Fozzie? Would be the shirt. From which band member? Chris never wore shirts like that. No, when he had uh, Matt Shadows on. One of his songs. Or one of his videos. Oh, from Avenged Sevenfold? Yes. Okay, I've seen plenty of Avenged Sevenfold music videos. I've not once... See Matt Shadows wearing a, a, a t-shirt that was shredded on the arms. I have not seen one yet. I, I saw one. I just can't remember what what song it was. <laughs> but but for Ozzy himself, yeah, yeah, this was like a fucked up Jack version. Uh, uh no. Yeah, the hair, the whole head. The neck Which, itself. Okay, hair. Again, I've never... People who know who Ozzy Osbourne is, good for you. People who don't need to go look him up. Yeah. I'm not here to fucking teach. Ozzy, in every fucking music video he's ever done, let alone concert he's ever done, it's not have what at all has had short hair. He's always had it long. So I I don't see no Ozzy there either. Okay, next. Oh, we got a Facebook like. Huh? We got a Facebook like from Don Redmond. Thank you, Don. Hi, Don. Hi, Don. Okay, next. Uh, popular album's greatest hits. Uh, they're from Seattle, Washington. Power drummer and Nirvana L. Alum, Dave Grohl. Well, I know Dave Grohl. Hold on. The group notched two number one albums, Wasting Light and Concrete and Gold. 
five singers, uh, singles, sorry, have been certified platinum, including the the Pretender, Best of You, and Everlong. All three of which went platinum twice. He's thinking. You can see the uh, you can see the steam coming out of his head. I want to say Foo Fighters. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even like that group when I got that right. Well, Holy come shit. on. If you've heard the song The Pretender, you know that's the Foo Fighters. The song Pretender is like uh, a 50s band, which is all black. Well, if you're talking to pretenders, yeah. But the song The Pretender, it's Foo Fighters. But for some reason, people uh, consider uh, them as cool. Which, they're nowhere near Tool. No way. Tool sucks. Tool is like Drowning Pool. Drowning Pool, I prefer that fucking Tool. But yeah, Foo Fighters. Or uh, what's the other band there, too? Oh, God. Give me a second. Like Corn. Um, damn, I can't think of the other ones. I can't think of the other ones at all. But since he has to go to the ladies' room, I'm going to pop up with this one. Now, everybody knows the story about Al Capone, the biggest notorious gangster of his time. He was here at one of the penitentiaries here, Eastern State Penitentiary, and he was also at Alcatraz. Well, this one is about his son, Sonny Capone. And nobody knows what happened to him. But this was also supposed to be a Netflix biopic about the 1930s crime boss, Al Capone. But it's focused on his son, Sonny Capone. Uh, see, this film was released... By the streaming giant this week and sees Hardy play the role of Capone in the final years of his life. Capone died in 1947 after a long battle with dementia, like everybody right now has, caused by syphilis. What, no leprosy either? Living behind a wife and a son. Or leaving behind a wife and son. Excuse me. My glasses are a little dirty. But who were the who were his family and what happened to them after he died? Hmm. Well, there's some speculations going around. I don't really know how true it is, but supposedly Al Capone was being haunted in Easter State Penitentiary by somebody. And it goes, what happened to Al Capone's family? Capone suggests that Al Capone fathered an illegitimate, and that's how it says, son who never recognized as his own. However, In real life, the gangster only had one child in his entire life. Albert Francis Sonny Capone Jr. 
Um, can you put this in the fridge for me? I just sat down. <laughs> I was trying to go like this Sorry. before you sat. So you can do it to me too. Yeah, she does this to me too. When I get ready to sit down, she wants me to go get something. So now I'm making her do it. Payback's a bitch. Uh, and she just gave me the raspberry as she's leaving the studio. Hmm. Shows you where our marriage is. Fun. Uh, it goes on. Played by Noel Fisher in the Netflix film. Oh, great. Another Netflix. In the year since Capone's death, which he died at Alcatraz, there have been several people who claimed to be his offspring, but none have so far proven any connections. If you're an offspring of Al Capone, uh, you need to get seriously checked. Hold on. I was about to ask you, talking about... Hold on, hold on. I got to bring your mic back in and bring you in, too. Okay, there you are. Uh, I was about to ask, uh, you talking about Al Capone? Al Capone's son. Sonny. Son or grandson, because that's... No, this is, a, this is the thing about his son, Sonny Capone. Okay, so how old is he? It didn't say. Um, let's see. In the years since Capone's death, which he died in Alcatraz, like I said. That's the yeah. one spelled with an A. That's a prison, not the E. That's W-E. Right. We were Alcatraz, spelled with an E. <laughs> there have been several people who claim to be his offspring... But none have so far proven any connections. Yeah, if you're an offspring of Al Capone, you need to get checked. Albert was born on December 4th, 1918. Ah, during the Spanish flu pandemic. I could have told you that. That Woodrow Wilson downplayed, just like we have here today. At a time when his father is known to have been playing semi-professional baseball. I don't ever remember. Now, I'm a, I love baseball. My favorite team is the New York Yankees. But I've never heard of Albert playing baseball, semi-professional baseball with the last name Capone. Let's see. He was born in December 1918. So let's see. Huh? Huh? How old would that make him? Uh, It is 2021 now. Subtract 1918. 103 years old, so he's already dead. No shit. I could have told you that. He died just before the 80s. Following Following his father's death, Albert continued to live in Florida. Bunch of assholes. And worked as an apprentice printer. A what? Apprentice printer. I never heard of that. uh, Never heard of that as a profession. Neither have I. Then as a tire distributor, and later as a restaurant owner, according to Screen Rant. He legally changed his name from Albert Francis Brown in 1966 
Sounds like a shit stain. Mm. To remove ties to Capone. Declassified FBI Federal Bureau of Investigations. I call them fucking bum idiots. Documents revealed he threatened to kill Edward Kennedy. Oh, Jesus. And an American senator in 1968. But Sonny never committed any crimes apart from stealing $3.50 worth of aspirin and batteries <laughs> in 1965. You mean to tell me that back then that was the cheapest shit for batteries was $3.50? <laughs> and aspirin was $3.50? A headache medication? Shit, I wish I wish the batteries were three dollars and fifty cents right now. I have a shitload right here in this in the studio. Ready for everything. I wish I, I had a car that was that uh that cost three dollars and fifty cents. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and the I, gas I, and better yet, I, I wish I could get a car for three dollars and fifty cents. Yeah. And the gas only being fifty cents a gallon. <laughs> uh it goes on here. He died on July eighth, two thousand and four at the age of eighty five. Ooh. Okay, so he lived 85 years. It uh, goes on, you know, how to watch Capone. The Netflix biopic Capone is available to watch on the streaming platform from today through uh, Friday, February 26th, and onwards. How about uh, now? It's already March 2nd. Oh, well. Uh, Hardy is joined by a cast including Linda Cardelli, Avengers Endgame, Eh. Matt Dillon, Wayward Pines, Kyle McLaughlin, Twin Peaks, Jack Loden, Dunkirk, amongst others. Yeah. Oh, sugar snaps. Back to mine. Okay. Okay. I don't see how this is a rock band. Uh, Popular album, Songs About Jane. Mainstay on the Billboard 200 throughout their career. Their 2007 sophomore album, It Won't Be Soon Before Long. Let me say that again. I think I stumbled. It won't be soon before long. And the polished 2014 pop effort V both peaked at number one. The LA's group's best-selling effort remains songs about Jane. According according to data from the RIAA, the debut album has sold 4 million Excuse me, has sold four million units in the U.S. to date. I'll give you a hint. He's on the voice. <laughs> no cheating. No cheating. He's on the voice. Uh huh. He's on the voice as a judge. Well, there's a lot of people in the voices and judge lately. <laughs> there's been uh, okay, he's okay, the only he's one that's relevant. relevant. There's a guy, the guy uh, from Rule Five is on there. Yes, yeah. there's uh, 
you know, Boy George was on there. There's uh, Blake Shelton. You just you, said it the first time. Oh, Adam, uh, um, Adam, Adam Levine, Levine okay. from Mar Maroon 5. Okay. How the fuck is Maroon 5 uh, one of the best rock bands? I don't see Maroon 5 as a rock band. I think it's because he's changed up his songs a lot. A lot of his songs have just been, what the fuck? I thought he was more like, like a like a pop rob. No. No. The way he sings, it sounds like he's Latin. No. Not at all. Not at all. But it's just uh, that way. Spotify followers for Maroon 5, 25.6 million. Hold on. What? It was cut off. What? It cut off. How the fuck did it cut off? I don't know. Because I'm still going. It cut me off. Oh, <laughs> Hold on. Okay, yeah. There you go. There you go. All right, so let me mute my microphone. <laughs> anyway, Spotify followers, 25.6 million. Facebook, 37.1 million. Again, I know how Adam Levine's music is, but with him being in Maroon 5, I don't see that as a rock band. I see that something that you would see at, at like Spanish pop or something. The way his music sounds. Okay. Popular album, Night Visions. They're out of Las Vegas and Utah. Don't know how those two states combine, but anyway. Grab from, from, from with, with hooky tunes that fill st stadiums and arenas. They won their first hold on. They won their first Grammy Award in 2013. For the double certified global blockbuster. Uh Radioactive. Ten-time platinum from their debut album, Night Visions. One of three LPs to go platinum. Four of their albums reached the Billboard 200 Top 10 with Smoke Plus Mirrors, or might as well say Smoke and Mirrors, topping the chart in March 2015. They became the first performers to occupy the top four spots on the Billboard Hot Rock Songs chart in August 2018. Now, you've I heard Radioactive. Really really yeah. The song. A couple of I would say Radiohead, but I don't think that's it. No, it's, no, not. it's not. You get a second guess. guess. But the other the other one you said is... is Night Vision. No, 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 before that. Uh... Well, if Radioactive oh, was the first Grammy Award. Yeah, but you said something else. Hang on. Where I kind of commented on I was smoking mirrors. I said something on it, and it's, it's like in my head, but I can't remember what the hell it was. 
but it's like um, not the smoke and mirrors entrance from from Cody Rhodes of wrestling. It's a it's different, different format and a different band. Band. What Cody well, Rhodes Cody wrestling had in Alcatraz was not what you want to call smoke and mirrors. I have no clue. Imagine dragons. <laughs> Mike just rolled his eyes. People didn't realize. <laughs> no, I've heard Radioactive a couple of times. That it okay. is. That group, I've never even listened to one of their music. Okay, before we used to hang out with Fat, with fat Ass, before she went completely stupid with her boyfriend choice. Right. She would he you would hear her play Radioactive from Imagine Dragons. No. In fact, she was actually playing that on the radio when I kicked her boyfriend's ass on her front lawn. No. Okay. Although that is the stupidest name for a band anyways. Hold on. Popular album. Hybrid Theory. <laughs> I'm shutting my mic off and disappearing. Hybrid theory. Hold on. Okay. Fusing elements of rock, hip hop, and electronia. Uh, electronica. The band first gained, first gained international fame in 2000 with the release of their debut album, Hybrid Theory, which peaked number at number two on the Billboard 200 and has sold 11 million albums in the U.S. to date. The best follow up. Victoria. Meter Aurea, however you want to pronounce it, peaked at number one on the charts of went to sell seven million albums domestically. The singer committed suicide in 2017. Lincoln Park. Yes. Chester Bennington. His popular album is Lincoln Park. Uh, for Lincoln Park is Hybrid Theory. Which I think had... Crawling uh, my skin. Band has been on an in, in, indefinite hiatus. Well, no shit! The yeah, best, they're, they're their best, best friend, friend and singer fucking committed suicide. What the fuck do you expect? Come on. I mean, I mean come yeah, on. Yeah, you yeah, can yeah. tell the way he sings... A lot well, of his, his songs, songs were about depression. And his inner demons that he was facing. Yeah. Not only that, he was the best friends with the, the front man for Soundgarden. Yeah. yeah. That, had to, that took its toll. Yeah, and I think um, if I'm correct, you can decorrect me if I'm wrong. Or you guys can. I believe he's the only person in the music history to ever sing about one side of him yeah, yeah. and his demons all into one music. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You could tell that in every, almost every fucking so song he had. I mean, okay, maybe not at first, but if you but listen to his track from Transformers 2, The New Divide, yep. it says it right there. 
Yeah. Which was the best fucking song ever for the no movie. No shit. Not only that, it was the soundtrack for the movie. <laughs> he did the soundtrack for the first one. They did yeah. the soundtrack for the second one. Yeah. I think if if he didn't himself. Yeah, I know. He would have done it for um, the third one. Yeah, I know. But I mean, being someone that's had those thoughts before, you look at like a park, uh, Chester Bennington, you know he was struggling with some real shit in his music alone. I thought it was just drugs. No. Because everybody keeps saying, oh, once you become a big famous star and everything in the music industry, you're. And that's what happens. I don't think this man was ever doing drugs in his life, except for the one part of him having a basically a mental. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Damn it. I can't remember the word I'm looking for now. And the other side, he puts his puts his demons into his music. Yeah, like crawling in my skin. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. That I think that song that escaped, escaped um, my head because I would have threw that out yeah. at you if you didn't get it at first. I think that's the very first song he ever talked about his demons. Actually, it was in the end. He actually yeah. started coming out with it. No, 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 no. That was afterwards. <laughs> Crawling my skin was crawling the first in my skin. In the end, was way after that. Nah, I remember hearing "Crawl on My Skin" first, then came into the end. That's what I just said. Well, well, okay. okay. Crawling in my okay. skin, you didn't really hear it. <laughs> Shut up. Listen to me. You <laughs> didn't really hear it later. with "Crawling in the Skin." You didn't really he hear that connection. I did. I picked it up. I picked it up right on it. Well, you, but not everybody clicked on clicked it until they heard, heard uh, in the end. I'm like, well, that's everybody else, not me. I, when I first heard Crawling My Skin, I'm like, uh-oh. This is talking about demons. His demons, and he's letting it out in the music. Holy crap. And then in the end, was the end. Spotify, Spotify followers for Lincoln Park is 16.0 million. Facebook, Facebook 59.2 million. What the fuck is wrong with you, Facebook? No, no actually, actually, that's, that's higher, higher than Spotify. Spotify, Spotify I'm like, what the fuck's wrong with you? Facebook should be higher than that. I think okay. it should be like in the billions. Okay, okay. popular album, Tommy. Okay. The band's a spokesperson for their generation. Who once said they hoped to die before they got old. Oh, that's real something he opened with us. <laughs> yeah, do you really want to fucking say that? You're fucking stupid. Are still Stop singing, you bastards. On. Are still touring in their 70s. And they and they released their first album. It 13 years this past November. Motherfuckers wearing the depends diapers. Hang on. Yeah. Seriously? Give the it up, guys. Plays new music trials with the rock, rock operas Tommy. A quadrophenia. That sounds like a really bad version for a phobia. The last album and the record, Who Are You? Rose number two on the Billboard 200. Among her 12... Platinum, platinum albums, albums. 
is it's who's, who's next. next. Considered one of the greatest rock albums ever recorded. And they're one of Chris Jericho's favorites. Because he's toured with them. There's a song that's called Who Are You? I know that's been featured on the TV show CSI. It's been in Miami. America's Next. Whatever you want to fucking call that show. You mean a mass singer? No, not no, Mass Singer. Yes, uh, Mass Singer has that "Who Are You" soundtrack in it. At the end, when they have to, when the characters have to reveal who the fuck they are. I wasn't talking I was about talking that about show first. Show. I was talking about um, the uh, not the Voice, but America's Got Talent. No. Uh, uh, okay, it's a it's a uh, a music show that Adam Lambert was on. Where he did Michael Jackson, the voice. as well as uh, it was the Voice. You sure it was the Voice? He Adam Lambert was on the Voice. Okay. Okay. But it was, I think, it was the UK version. Uh, Either the UK version or it was um, Australian version. I can't remember which. Well, I know Adam, Lambert, but I know he was he on the Voice. Quite a few different uh, songs from different artists. He did uh, one from Queen. Yep. yep. One from, from Michael Jackson, Jackson which, which I've got it in five. But it's but another, another show, show that I can't fucking put my finger on, but it came out before The Voice ever did. Is America's yeah. Top Star something? No. Because I know Mariah yeah. Carey was on it. And Simon Powell because of no singing. But according to, according to Simon Powell, he's a critique in fucking music. He wouldn't know music with his left left nut fucking whistling. <laughs> Let me see what I can find here. Huh? Let me see what I can find here. No uh, cheating. No, I'm looking up Adam Lambert. I'm trying to f- see if it shows his shows the shows he was on. Oh. Um, outside of the late night talk shows. I know Simon Powell and Paul Duel. They were on the show that was basically mainly about music before the voice ever came out. American Idol. Thank you. That was the other one he was on, but that was in 2019. Yeah, I know. Yeah, no. But I know but they I know had they this song, Who Are You, in that show, too. I don't ever remember hearing an American Idiots, as I call it. You give up. Give up. But he was also uh, in Born This mm-hmm. Way, All on the Line, Majors and Minors, um, not talking about Adam Lambert yeah. there. Well, that's what we were just talking about. Well, Adam well, Lambert, he did he do the song, song "Who Are You." That was one of his uh, one of his earlier uh, music he was doing. But the band album Tommy, okay, it's from the Who. I'm surprised you didn't remember that. 
the who you actually played a couple of times at Dad's Club. I know, but Adam Lambert, I don't think, did that song. But I'm about to find out because if he did do that song, it would be on his albums. Not really. Not since Adam Lambert signed with the band members of Queen. Since yeah. certain times of the year, they do the. Uh, 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 Bohemian. Bohemia. Uh, yeah, from uh, from the original from Queen. Queen yeah, I mean, since I mean, Adam, Lambert Adam Lambert signed out with them to do that, yeah. here and there, he hasn't really done anything on his own. Mm. I guess the group of Queen, Queen wanted someone who was actually gay, or oh. looked of looked gay. Not to not replace uh, Freddie Mercury, but bring that out. Here's a here's a thing. What 2016, the okay, Rocky okay. Horror Picture Show. Let's do the time warp again. He played Eddie. I could have told you that. I knew that. I saw the reverse revised version of that. And then he was on the X Factor in the same year as a judge. Yeah, season eight. Bohemian Rhapsody yes. as a truck driver in 2018. But he was uncredited in the cameo. Oh, shocking. shocking. Uh, Play Mobile, which is M-O-B-I-L, the movie. He was the Emperor Maximus, the voice, 2019. Uh, the show must go on. The Queen and Adam Lambert story. Was himself. It was a television documentary in 2019. 2020, One World, Together at Home, as himself. It was a TV special. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that same year, Together in Pride, You Are Not Alone, as himself, another TV special. And for this year. Hold on. Hold you on. Are Not Alone is a song from Michael Jackson. Huh? You Are Not Alone is a song from Michael Jackson. How is that a fucking TV uh, special? It's together in pride. You're not alone. That's Ooh. the whole title. Okay. And for this year, Ratatouille, the musical. Oh, oh my as God. As Emil. Emil? Emil. Was he the dude in it? Uh... In Ratatouille, the movie itself, I don't remember who Emil <laughs> was because I did not watch that fucking movie. Me neither. Me neither. But it says I right mean, here. I mean, I actually did have to watch it at the fucking shithole. I didn't watch it. Unfortunately, I, was out, I, had to. I was out doing something else. But it says here, streaming benefit concert. Uh -huh. It's what it is for 2021. Well, I can say what? one thing. When he was on uh, uh, the first one that you mentioned. And he did the song from a uh, song that Michael Jackson did. And he got fucking praise from that for that from Michael Jackson himself. That shit landed him fucking an endless career. What the fuck is wrong with Oh yeah, studio executives are really homophobic. 
Well, he is an, uh, an advocacy and social activism for the LGBT. LGBTQ. No Q. I don't give a shit. You have it's to have the LGBT. Q in there. No, it says it right here. I know. LGBT, not the Q. I know. Some people need to start putting the Q in there. Okay, next album from this band, Endless Summer. Please tell me it's not a female Hold band. The group had a career spanning over 50 years. Released more than two dozen studio albums. Through a mix of vocal harmony, reverb, and idyllic, surf-inspired lyrics, the group is credited for the emergence of what has to come to be known as the California Sound. While none of the band's studio albums topped the Billboard 200, Endless Summer, a completion album released in 1974, uh, reached number one in October of that year and has since sold over 3 million copies in the U.S. And I'll give you a hint. They were, uh, they were actually on the original uh, Full House. <laughs> Is it a female group? No, it's not a female group. It's a male group. Then I have no clue. <laughs> the Beach Boys. I don't know how the fucking Beach Boys are a rock band. If you got surf-inspired type of reverb lyrics, it does not make you a fucking rock band. Spotify Spotify has 2.7 million. Why? I have no clue. Facebook likes 1.9 million. Bots! Bullshit bots! Hold on. Popular album for next band, Paranoid. The hell was that? A flying uh, angel? A crack? What? That photo. Was that a flying angel and crack or something? No. Looks like it. Popular album, Paranoid. Paranoid. British heavy metal uh, maestros who appreciated their name from a Boris Karloff movie took the genre in a more ghoulish direction. They released their self-titled debut record almost fully recorded in one day on a Friday the 13th in 1970. Launching the career of one of Rock's most colorful characters. They were disregarded by critics as, at first, but the fans hardly cared. Two of their albums released the, re reached the Billboard 200 Top 10 and their LP 13, which is the number 13, topped the chart in 2013. Eight albums have gone platinum. And the, and the LP Paranoid has sold more than four million copies. Now you can now you can talk. Ozzy Osbourne. Yes, yes. but not Ozzy himself. The band he was with before he went solo. Black Sabbath. Yes. 
See that? See that? Karen Mike's mind st- uh, still still kicking there. Shit, I got all this freaking music in my system here. Huh? I have all of his music in my system. I know, but you don't have anything that he has with Black Sabbath. Yes, I do. I have the album Paranoid. Oh. Well, that I didn't know. Spotify, Spotify, 4.6 million. What the fuck is wrong with you? Facebook likes 11.5 million. That should be higher. The only drug addict in his time that bit a freaking live bat's head off. Well, he's, not, he's, he's not he's drug not, addict okay. anymore. No, I'm just saying. Back then. Oh, yeah. The only person that bit off a live bat's head. Yeah. Well, he was quite, Black quite, Sabbath what the, the fuck is Ozzy wearing? <laughs> that's what I mean, because I can see the picture right here. It's not on the screen, but I can see it. And that's why I said, what is this? A flying fucked up angel? <laughs> and right above his head looks like the Star of David. Oh, shit. And if you people don't know what I'm talking about, hang on. I'm going to pop this up right now. Right there. That look, that star right there looks like the star of David above his head, and he looks like a goddamn angel. But the question, why the fuck is Ozzy's head brown? That's his national hair color. I've already seen it black. <laughs> never black, never brown. That's One time a- I've seen it blonde, but that was Bark at the Moon. That's his natural hair color from Black Sabbath when oh, he yeah, when he started yeah. out for a while. Well, yeah. Then he decided to go black when he started getting into more darker songs. Well, black yeah, Sabbath. Solo, yeah. And then when he went solo, he continued on that dark path with the black hair. So, but the one song as he did on an album Bark at the Moon, which was a song Bark at the Moon. Yeah, blonde hair. Which that's what confused freaked me. me the fuck out. That's what confused me. <laughs> so Honestly. where did he go from brown is to blonde and then to black? I mean, what I first heard of Ozzy Osbourne was No More Tears. With the black eyeliner, the long black hair, he was fucking hot. I might have been like seven years old, but to me, he looked hot. Hold on. Let me see something. And my plastic father has to tell me I don't have a taste in music. Even today, he doesn't think Ozzy Osbourne has a taste in music. When I, fir- when I first heard about Ozzy Osbourne and listened to his music from Black Sabbath, it was from Osmosis from 1985. Yeah. Yeah, not the expanded edition, because yes, there is an expanded edition out there from 1995. Don't get it wrong, but in 1995 it was Osmosis when I first started hearing about Ozzy Osbourne, and then I started jumping around and finding more music of him, and then I found uh, Blizzard of Oz from 1980. Listen to that, it was like, okay, Blizzard of Oz. I'm trying to think to myself, was that after Black Sabbath? Or during Black Sabbath? Well, Osmosis? Yes. No. They had to get after. No, Blizzard of Oz. Oh. Uh, O-Z-Z. Uh, that was 1980. That had to been after, after he, he uh, uh, kind of, when he, when, was, when he left Black Sabbath. Or 
according to Sharon, he was kicked out of it. Yeah, either way. But the kind of screwed them, uh, Black Sabbath, Black Sabbath members, because Ozzy became more than what they were. Right. Okay. Next from this group, popular album Rumors. Throughout their 50-year history, Blank has gone through more than a dozen lineup changes, survived numerous in-band romantic affairs, now, let me throw up now, and released four number one albums. The band's best-selling album, Rumors, was released in 1977. That's the year I was born. And it has since sold more than 2 million units. It should be 2 million copies, not units. Copies would be American. If it's units, it's overseas. In the United States alone. Well, there definitely got to be a British band. Or I'll give Canadian you a hint. Band. Stevie Nicks. <laughs> Fleetwood Mac? Yes. They're at number 21. I don't know how the fuck Fleetwood Mac is a rock band. Let alone if it's supposed to be one of the most popular. Okay, education. Fleetwood Mac. Reverse it. Reverse the entire name. Mac Fleetwood. Exactly. No shit. Mac is the first name. Fleetwood is the last name. I know that. The drummer. No shit. Married Stevie Nicks. Probably the worst too. That's how they decided to call themselves Fleetwood Mac. Okay. okay. By the photo, which one's Stevie Nicks? Because there's two blondes. Hang on. Let me add it in. It's the one with the white thing on, on her uh, over her The heart. one in black with the white thing? Yes. That's Stevie Nicks. Oh, that's right. She was on America, uh, American Horror Story. The guy Season next to her? Two. The guy next to her? That's Mac Fleetwood. Oh, yeah. This okay, one, so who's the other blonde? Oh, shit. I can't remember her fucking name. But she is the second vocalist to Stevie Nicks. And this guy right here is the guy that plays the guitar. Okay. okay. Spotify. And her and the guitar guy with Stevie Nicks and Mac Fleetwood came up with the song Gypsy. Okay, Spotify likes 4.8 million. Obviously, these people don't know music. Facebook, 4.7 million. I'm not even going to say it. Okay. Next album, Are You Experienced? Okay, the... Sounds a little racist. Hold on. <laughs> his vi- his version of the national anthem at Woodstock earned accolade earning accolades as one of the greatest guitarists of all time before he died of a drug overdose at age twenty seven. I wouldn't know. Uh, Seattle native, don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. Posted ten top ten albums in the on the Billboard two hundred. His record, Electric Ladyland, reached number one and was one of ten albums to be certified platinum. His songs, Purple Haze, 
Foxy, Foxy lady. lady. Prince. No. And Crosstown Traffic are still heard at classic rock stations. Okay, so it's not Prince. Oh, come on. You got no Purple Haze. I thought you said Purple Rain. Sorry. Purple Haze. Uh, No, because that was before my time. Okay, hold on. I'll give you a hint. My cousin Cletus. He was somewhat of a fan of his of his guitar work. Because he showed you a t-shirt in a, sh- in a store where I got, are you fucking, I'm surrounded by fucking idiots. No, I saw that one and showed it to you. Your cousin Cletus was not with us. He was actually in jail that time. Don't know. The Jimmy Hendrix experience. Ah. Damn it. He put the electric into electric guitar. In other words, Jimmy Hendrix was known for his guitar music. That's right. And he was actually well known when it came to Woodstock. So with the Woodstock, I would have thought you've gotten it. No. Spotify, 4.2 million. Facebook, 8.4 million. Okay. This makes me want to throw up. Okay, this band brought the Los Angeles underground rock scene to the forefront of rock and influenced a wide swath. Don't know how that. Nope. In rock acts okay. such as emo or, or echo, and the Buddy Man, Stone Temple Pilots, and Patti Smith. They're taking rock seem to embody all the fears that parents had about the dangerous influence of rock and roll. Helmed by the legendary frontman Jim Morrison. Many of their songs spoke about the dark side of humanity, particularly their opus, The End, that was played on the Vietnam War album. Uh, Yeah. Two shots and two beers, or whatever the fuck you're drinking. In the Vietnam War film, Apocalypse Now. And took on more nefarious cognitations. Two of their singles went to number one. Hello, I love you. And their signature hit, Light My Fire, which went platinum. Their uh, eponymous... Panamolis, or however you want to fucking pronounce it. Yes, I'm a little buzzed. Album Blank Blank has been certified platinum four times. And I'll give you a hit. Dennis Leary mentioned them. I want to say The Doors. Yes. 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 I think I, ha- I have the um, CD somewhere with that song on it. Come on, baby, let my fire. Oh, yeah. Oh. That's us. And they also have the song called uh, Crystal Ship. Okay. And Whiskey Bar. 
I'll quote Dennis Leary on this with his uh, comedy, with his uh, comedy special, No Cure for Cancer. I'm drunk. I'm nobody. I'm drunk. I'm famous. I'm drunk. I'm fucking dead. Because of a movie that we're that we're talks about making a movie about the doors. And in Dennis Leary, which I agree, I'm drunk. I'm nobody. I'm drunk. I'm famous. I'm drunk. I'm fucking dead. That's all fucking movie. <laughs> Spotify, 5.0 million. Facebook, 16.1 million. Again, how the fuck are the Doors a rock band? And looking at the fucking picture, where the fuck do you see rock in them? They look like a rejected version of the fucking Beatles. Well, see, this one here looks like Ben Stiller. One, which one? The one on the right? The one with the ugliest shirt ever. And it looks like something Avis wore once with the shirt alone. The one on the far side, which would be this side of me, with that I'm looking at it, would probably be on your side. Over here. Yeah. He looked like something of a caveman, a cave woman, and Eskimo decided to fucking that was what popped out. I would say he had fucking mullet. <laughs> a mullet. He was trying to do a mullet, but it went. Wee! The one in the middle, who was actually the lead singer, I think. No, that's the one down here. Oh, uh, that's the one that almost looks like almost looks like the face of John Travolta from. Uh... Oh shit! What the hell is that fucking movie? I can't remember the name name of the damn movie, but he was up in this like 60, 70 outfits and he's dancing on the fucking dance floor. Oh, lit up. I don't know. That's what this guy looks like. That's the lead singer. Yeah. But this dude here, he, he looked like like something that Kermit the Frog and his piggy fucked Fozzie Bear for. And that's what came out. <laughs> That'd be one kid you would not want. <laughs> Ain't that the truth? Okay, next. You want nightmares? There you go. Popular uh, album, uh, The Greatest uh, Hits, 1971 through 1975. Hold on. Greatest Hits album is the highest certified album of all time, meaning recognized sales and streams of the album are higher than any other record. California-based band, not sure if that's good or bad, that seemed to perfect the mellow. I don't know how that works. Country rock. Sound has also had five songs reach number one in the 1970s. 13 of the six type Grammy winners' albums have gone platinum. Blank have sold about 120 million singles. And albums in the U.S., according to data from the RIAA, the fourth time, the fourth most of the time. Fourth most of the time. Yeah, that's what it says it is. Not sure how that makes sense. That's what it says. That just confused the hell out of me, so I have no goddamn clue. The Eagles. I'm not much of an Eagles Spotify, 5.2 million. Facebook, 6.4 million. I don't listen to But if you look at the fucking photo, how are the Eagles a rock band? One of them, one of them on the back left looks like that painter dude on uh, uh, 
on that kid show that would do the fucking painting videos. You're talking about the one over here with the puffy hair and with him. Yes. Yeah. Behind the yeah, guy that yeah. almost was like fucking Jesus. Yeah. Uh, don't know. But the guy next to him looks like um, like Cheech Ramirez from Cheech and Chong. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, man, you got a blood. This guy here looks like he got fucked by a Trans Am and came out with looking like that with a shirt on. Which one? The one with the, the one white in the shirt. Front middle? No. On the other side of the guy that looks like Cheech and Chong. Oh yeah. This one here looks like uh I'm taking this photo, but I have my fucking PJ shirt on backwards. <laughs> yeah, he looks like the guy from uh the movie uh Dragonheart. Yeah. And then of course the one over here that looks like he has a Jesus face with the hair the same exact way Jesus had it. The, he's just like, yeah, I'm just Those chilling. are called the golden locks. Yeah, I'm just chilling here with my long fingers, and I gotta take this picture with these four idiots. <laughs> I need a bear. Yeah, but yeah. the dude next to him in the middle, in the front. Yeah. He looks like the guy who played Iden in Dragonheart with the fucking hairstyle. Yeah. But forgot to put on put on a regular shirt and it looks like he still has his pajama shirt on, but backwards. And he just decided <laughs> to put a slit in it. Yeah. Yeah. Or it looked like he he uh ran away from a nursing home. One of the two. <laughs> one of the two. You guys judging that one. Just leave a comment below. Okay, okay. next. Popular album, greatest hits, the ultimate election. They're from New They're Jersey. From Jersey. Dirty Jersey. Big hair, rockers, shifted from traditional rock and roll to more adult contemporary music. Among their four number one hits, You Give Love a Bad Name and Living on a Prayer. Bon Jovi. Yes. But jo Bon Jovi is, a, is more like a single solo artist. How the fuck is Bon Jovi a rock band? I think that's what he started out with at first. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Hold on. Because I guess it's with the Bon Jovi by the photo. He's in the middle. Hang on. I think. Yeah, that's him in the middle with the jean jacket. Now he always wears a jean jacket. Now in most of his music videos. Yeah. Him here was the was main the fucking star attraction. You got, you got this, this, this one, one here. here. Not a bad, Not a bad jacket. jacket. This, this one here here is Lucy Shades. Shades. His jacket almost looks like Native I American. I do not. Okay. okay. I get I, in the 80s, Bon, uh, bon Jovi was a thing. Because, mainly because of his hair and the way he dressed. But looking at him, how the fuck do you see Bon Jovi as a rock band? You see him as a solo artist. Like like I said, certain record companies would put him in a certain category. It's not his choice, but that's where certain record companies will put um, a music group or a music artist in that category okay. because of the music. Bon Jovi was as successful with their LPs, posted six albums that were top charts. Chart toppers such as Slippery When Wet. That's what she said. 
That's what he didn't want from his partner. <laughs> New Jersey <laughs> and Lost, and Lost Highway. Highway. Twelve of their Lost albums Lost went platinum. Lost Highway. That's what six. And slippery when wet, which he did said. not want from his uh, partner. She didn't want that in the shower. Was certified platinum twelve times. I mean, I understand some genres classified him as certain things. Spotify eight point zero million. Facebook twenty four point eight million. Again, bots. I understand some genres will place. Bon Jovi and certain things. But I'm going to go on a limb here. Well, more of a limb here. Bots. That's all I have Chris to say. Chris Jericho from Posse. Yes, I know he's a wrestler, but he's also a singer. And a good damn hell of a one also. That. When he had the, the short hair, believe me, I cried when I saw his fucking hair short. Even though people were referring him to John Bon Jovi. When I saw that, I went, oh, 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 he was a cock. Yeah, and, and, and fucking Alex, Alex, a couple years later, wanted to fight, wrestle him. And not only that, Richie did too. But if anybody out there remembers what Chris yeah, Jericho's hair looked like in 2007 and 2008 and yada, yada, yada. Female hair with a bun. How, How would some people in the community of wrestling, music, whatever, would compare him to John Biden fucking Jovi? What his hairstyle can't even match his. Like I keep saying, people are stupid. Okay, next. Next album, American Idiot. And you refuse to play the anything from that album un unless someone pay uh, tipped you 20 bucks. I refuse to say the goddamn name. <laughs> First six album. 39 slash smooth, which is the number 39 with a slash and smooth. Kerplunk, which sounds like a fucking marble game. Which is their career. Dookie. Dookie. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> Why would you have one of your albums named Dookie? <laughs> Limp Biscuit. Insomniac. Nimrod. Well, oh, that's. Hold up. Hold <laughs> the phone. <laughs> we go from Dookie to Nimrod. Yes. For a song. Uh, uh, an album, an actually. Album. First six albums, 39 slash smooth, Kerplunk, which is an actual game with a marble where you pull something out and the marbles fall. And their career went down the drain. Dookie, Dookie. Which, which is another way of saying I'm taking a shit all over this. Insomniac, meaning I can't fall asleep and this music sucked in my head. That was me years ago. Nimrod. Nimrod. <laughs> and warning 
garnered them a strong cult following throughout the 90s. The band first achieved widespread success with the release of American Idiot in 2004. The album peaked at number one on the Billboard 200 in October of that year and has since gone on to sell over six million copies in the United States. And if you like the group or the band and Nimrod, you are one. And Dickie. I refuse to say you the name. You suck, Dookie, and you are Nimrod. <laughs> I re- and your career went kaplunk. I'm, I refuse to say the name. <laughs> I don't want to say it. <laughs> okay, you don't have to say it. We just show these show them. There it is. Green shit day. What the fuck's wrong with his hair? <laughs> it looks like a fucking peacock. Oh, Bernie, yeah. Yeah. If anyone knows okay. of the 90s show Hercules the Legendary Journeys, mainly that show, not really not Xena. Hera okay. is depicted for, as the go- queen of, go- of the gods. And her symbol is a peacock. Or peacunt. What the fuck is wrong with his hair? <laughs> that looks like a peacock got squashed on the fucking highway with a feather poking sideways like this. And a crow laying eggs just like right there. <laughs> and the worst part is I actually said the name as I showed it to you guys. Now if now I gotta go wash myself. Bad clothing choice too. She ain't that the truth. white does not go good with a black a black whatever you want to fucking call, call that for sure in sure. leather pants. Uh, he's just a pudding in the cloud. That's all he is. Okay. Next, Next. popular Next. album War. War. Emerge from Dublin. Who did claim? Hold on. What are the greatest bands in the nineteen eighties? Forming a group led by the charismatic singer Bono, posted number posted eight number one albums on a Billboard 200, such as the Jonas, the Joshua Tree, Octung Baby. That's actually spelled A C H T U N G, baby, and How to Dismantle Mantle and Atomic Bomb. Two of their six top ten hits had topped the Billboard Hot 100, with or without you. And I still haven't found what I'm looking for. Blake are known for visually stunning and emotional steering performances. None more so than their show at halftime of the 2002 Super Bowl. That pay tribute to those who died during the 9-11 terrorist attacks. And you should know this because you were watching the Super Bowl. When? In 2002. You were watching the Super Bowl in my living room. <laughs> well, you're talking about when they came out in the halftime. Yeah, yeah, that's what I meant. I missed that part. Because remember, I got, I got called by your father to go out to the grill. 
Or in this case, grills. <laughs> you needed extra hands during the halftime. In case some people uh, were wondering, no, my brothers weren't there for that. They would have killed my husband at the time. Before the fucking abuse uh, on me hit. You too. Spotify, 7.0 million. Facebook, 16.7 million. Apparently, people on Facebook like them more than Spotify. Uh, now, I'm pretty sure the lead singer is the one with the microphone looking like he needs to shit badly. <laughs> in the video, <laughs> yeah. in the photo. Okay, not a bad clothing style, but what the fuck is he wearing on his face? Those are not sunglasses. Nor are they Nor supposed are they to be cool-looking cool sunglasses. sunglasses. They look like gay version of ski goggles. Even the gays would be that's like, what, what the fuck? Why is he wearing ski goggles for? I mean, at least I the mean, guy on his right looks like he's wearing maybe the right type of sunglasses. The guy that looks like almost like Lance Storm. Uh, I was actually going to say the one with the guitar on the left, or my left, probably your right. Yeah. Tan, he tan, looks like he he uh, looks like Heath Chef. Uh, no, I swear to God, he looks like Metallica singer. No, he does not look like James Hatfield. I I don't know why I just see James uh, James Hetfield in his face. No. Not with the hat on. But... Oh, you're talking. You're talking about your right, my left. Yes. Yes. Okay. Uh, the one with the, one hat, with the hat, hat on. Hat. He, looks he looks like so James Hetfield from Metallica. No. James Hetfield uh, from Metallica's nose is not that big. Doesn't look like a button from this far. <laughs> you don't see you it from the face. face. No. Even at, before he cut his hair. No. But like I said, but like I said the other one there. Yeah. The one with the tank with the khakis. With True, the yeah, yeah. His head looks the way he's like this. His head looks like uh, um, Lance Storm. Okay, next popular album Toys in the Attic. I'm gonna say it again in case some, uh, some people didn't get that. Toys in the Attic. I didn't even get that. It went, Yow! Formed in Boston, Boston in 1970. I think that's a bad thing. Boston bastards. The singer Blank and guitarist Joe Perry. Blank gained, quickly gained popularity on the heels of distorted popular ballads like Dream On. And catchier hits like Walk This Way. And by the mid-1970s are one of the greatest rock bands in the world. After years of declining popularity in the early 1980s, Blank returned to critical and commercial acclaim with the release of Permanent Vacation in 1987, which peaked at number 11 on the Billboard 200 and has sold 5 million albums in the U.S. to date. Aerosmith. Yes. Featuring Ron DMC with Walk This Way. I don't see I don't see DMC on that one. Run DMC. Yeah, I don't yeah, see I don't him, see in, the, him in, it. in it. No, but that the song you said, "Walk This Way." Yeah, 
that had that featured Ron DMC in it. I thought Sweet Emotions Steven was Tyler. with him too. No. Oh, Sweet Emotions was uh, Silverstone. Oh. oh, Walk This Way was with Ron DMC, which was also in the movie Mrs. Doubtfire, starring Robert Williams. Uh, uh, Miss Doubtfire uh, was actually Dude Looks Like a Lady. Wait, that too. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's that movie. I know that song pr uh, pretty well, due to the fact that I had to do it in a fucking dance recital for jazz. Yeah. And due to the fact that Aerosmith, the lead singer's name is Steven Tyler. Yeah. I would have given it away if I said the name. Before he transitioned to what he is now, or was. He was actually a Christian music artist. And how I know that is because I used to play one of his songs on on the radio. Yeah. Yeah. And also on Friday mornings, same time as I was on, three to six in the morning. Yeah. yeah. Playing Cash Cow. And Cash Cow was the number one hit on the Christian music charts. For weeks, well, and that I was know him. one of the nights on the uh, radio station for Aerosmith, you did "Cry," which mm -hmm. came out in the late eighties, and and "Amazing" that came out in eighty nine. But you played that at the station. Those right. two songs I remember from that. Right, but Cash Cow was—he was actually a Christian artist. He did Cash Cow. His uh, name was Steven Tyler. And that was way before he had big ass lips. Okay, by okay, the photo, which one's uh, Steven Tyler? Hold on. They ain't the straight. one in the middle. I know that. Is it on the far left? Yeah, he's the one like he just got out of jail. Okay. okay. <laughs> uh, just by that photo. Uh, because if you look at his lips. They ain't that big like they are now. Uh, to me, they always looked huge. No, when he was a Christian artist doing Cash Cow, his lips weren't huge yeah, like, yeah. like it is now. The one on the uh, middle in the right, he looks like fucking Gallagher. Yeah. <laughs> Put a sledgehammer and a watermelon in front of him. You got Gallagher. Yeah. And then you have another one over here on the far side. It looks like he's in a, a leotard. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, oh, God. What's his name? David Lee Roth. That looks just like him. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. oh hello. We have another viewer. Okay. That just popped in, and I'm going to show it here. Ta-da. Who is it? It's my niece, Jennifer Shade, from New Jersey. Oh, Jen. Yes, hello. Hey, Jen. Long time no here. Okay, popular album, greatest hits. Combining distinct, distinct mix of punk, or I should say funk. Don't know how funk is part of the music genre. Punk and a high octane stage presence. The Blank are one of the most successful bands to come out of the Los Angeles punk rock scene in the 1980s. 
Blake received their first number one album in 2006 with the release of Stadium Arcadium, which has sold 3 million units copies in the United States today. Among their most beloved songs are Scar Tissue, Under the Bridge, and uh, Danny, California. I think I said that wrong. Danny or Danny, California. But there's also a song that says California. I should say that's also uh, they also the band also had the song California. I want to say Red Hot Chili Peppers. Yes. Really? Yes. <laughs> Red Hot Chili Peppers, Scar Tissue Under the Bridge. Yeah, but when you said California, I'm th- I was thinking somebody else. Well, I'm. But I don't. I I don't remember ever hearing scar tissue from them. Uh, the only one I've ever heard from them was um, Californications. Yeah, that's the only thing I remember. That's hearing the one I remember from Red Hot Chili Peppers. But the song's called D A N I, which I'm thinking is called Danny or Danny, Let's California. See. Let's see. Hold on. I mean, I don't remember what album it was, but Californication. Californication. Yeah, that's on one of their albums, but not in 2006. But like, can you, can you Californication? I don't remember if it's on Scar Tissue or I know it's not Under the Bridge. Can you highlight? I think that? it could be Scar Tissue. Can you highlight that? Huh? Highlight that. Where? Wherever you you were talking about, Danny, California. Yeah, highlight that. Go ahead, Danny. Okay. Okay. The 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 I it would be like silence, but it's a different way of saying it. It's actually called Danny, California. Which is close to almost the East Bay of of um, California. Yeah, I know, but it's like, it's like right in between um, Sacramento, California, and San Francisco Bay. It's a small little area. I mean, again, I think that one's on scar tissue. I mean, I know under the bridge has um, I forget the song, but he has what looks like devil horns that is painted in glitter. I forget that fucking song. Oh, crap. Let's get away now. It's got to be get away, get away now. Give it away, give it away, give it away now. That's got to be on under the bridge. Give it away, give it away, give it away now. That's how it goes. I don't know if it's under the bridge. I know it's not on scar tissue. Although I know if I try to look it up and everything, my computer's going to go nuts. (laughs) Like it did the last time where I thought I cut myself... Where I thought I cut the whole show off. Have people, uh, how about those that are listening, uh, send uh, Pear Mike an email? Uh, give the email there. Hold on. I'll actually do it this way. Well, he's looking that up. The Red Hot Chili Peppers. Spotify has 13.8 million. Facebook 26.7 million. What's wrong with that picture? Obviously, people on Spotify don't know good fucking music. I mean, I used to listen to Red Hot Chili Peppers. 
Here's the email right there, everybody. Send Paramike the uh, songs. Everything paranormal 2021 at gmail.com. Send Paramike the albums and the songs on the album of Red Hot Chili Peppers so Paramike can know. Yes, please. Next. Popular album. Never mind. Formed in 1987. In the trenches of the Seattle grunge scene. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. Nevermind uh, peaked at number one on the Billboard 200 in 1992. And includes songs like Smells Like Teen Spirit. Nirvana. Yes. Kurt Cobain, the crooked, that died. Help cement alternative rock. I don't see how Nirvana is alternative rock. As one, of the, of, crap. as one of the most popular musical t- currents of the 1990s, Nirvana was inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in 2014. Okay, this part sounds very weird. 20 years after lead singer and guitarist Kurt Cobain's untimely death from a self-inflicted gunshot to the head. Why does that not make fucking sense? 20 years after the fucker dies? Or better yet, 20 years after he dies? They induct him then? That has to be weird in a lot of ways. Beyond weird, actually. But... I mean, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame has been running around for fucking decades. He should have been inducted when he died. Not 20 fucking years later. I mean, I'm not a Nirvana fan, but even some of their songs I didn't mind hearing. I think I do remember something about him blowing his head off. Yeah, he killed himself. He killed himself. Because shooting himself in the head. Because, um... Well, there's conspiracy that ding, theories. That dingbat that had facial reconstructive surgery that she didn't need at the time, but ended up coming out with baboon lips. Uh, Jenny McCarthy? No. I forget who the fuck he was dating at the time. No. Before um, he killed himself. God, I can't remember her name either. Maybe that's Courtney a good thing. Love? Huh? Yeah, Courtney Love. Courtney Love, okay. Courtney Love. When she was hot looking back then, and then until she got a face surgery, and then she ended up with baboon ass lips. Well, I know there's conspiracy That's when he killed us. That's when uh, Kurt Cobain killed himself. Well, I know there's conspiracy theories on, oh, he did a drug overdose, then... Some there years a, later, he killed himself. There was a bunch of different stories out there. Nobody I know. knows the real truth. What one makes the most sense? None of them do. No, they don't. I'm not. A, and anybody who knows my brother Richie, they know I'm not a Rana fan. But I don't mind hearing his music. I don't go. I don't hear his music. Go turn off the fucking radio. Half a million times I want to kill myself every time the music I mean, Nirvana's music, if I'm not mistaken, the DJs are the most requested. Or one of the most. I think there's only two songs off the whole album that's mostly requested. Well, I find it strange. Not strange, but maybe I'm a precursor. The song Kurt Cobain came out with Rape Me was a precursor to when he killed himself. Or when he oh, died. He died. 
That was a big backlash. I know it I was. Know. I know it was, but there, there's backlash on the record company. That's where the conspiracy theories came out. After that song, and he kills himself, some weeks later, that's when everybody's theory came out. Oh, people should have seen that coming. Yeah. If someone's gonna fucking kill themselves, they don't. They ain't gonna go. Hey, I'm gonna kill myself. You don't fucking know. Yeah, that's one song I would never ever play on the radio station. No, I know you've had. I mean, I've I mean, listened, I've listened uh, to, uh, to Paramike on the radio, and he would never play it. Even I would be in the I'm fucking like, recording nope. room with my brother, and we would get uh, uh, requests for the song. And Paramike always said, fuck no. They want to hear Nevada song, fine. I'll play Teen Smells Like Teen Spirit. That's all I'll play. A couple of people uh, actually showed up at the, at the SNCC campus to uh, try to fight him. That was funny. <laughs> I said, uh, when it comes to DJs, it's their right if they want to play a song or not. The song Rape Me is a different undertone. It says a very negative message on very different levels. If you're a Nirvana enthusiast and want to know, want to spout your theories on why Kurt Cobain died or how he killed himself, go tell people who, who fucking are dealing with it. But anyway, Nirvana for Spotify, 10.9 million. Well, Facebook has 26.3 million. What the fuck's wrong with that picture? Da, 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 da. Okay. Okay, okay popular okay, pop album, pop third album. In 1970, the singing group from Gary, Indiana, led by Entertainment Wonderkind, blank, became the first group to debut with four consecutive number one singles on the Billboard Hot 100, fusing funky pop with a smooth, highly produced Motown sound. They had four chart-topping singles on the Billboard Hot 100, and six albums reached the top ten on the Billboard 200. Triumph was one of their three platinum albums. <laughs> okay, okay, I'll give you I'll a, give hint. a hint. The singer was like six, seven years old. About like five, six years old. The Jackson, Jackson Five, Michael Jackson. <laughs> well, if you said a king of pop, I would have gotten it. No, no. at the that time, time Jackson, Jackson Five was a king of pop. He was, he was, was just six, six or six or seven. Yeah, but if you said a king of pop, it would have gave me uh, two choices. Spotify it was either going to be Michael Jackson or fucking Elvis Presley. Spotify six, six million. million. 683,199. I think that sprained my tongue. Damn! 
Facebook, 1,166,063. What the fuck's wrong with that picture? Shouldn't Facebook be higher? They should be almost close. That's my point. I'm looking at it. The third album, most popular? Really? I don't know. What the hell was his third album? I'm Michael Jackson and now I'm white? I don't know. Good granny. I mean, I would have thought you would have gotten it by the singing group from Gary, Indiana. Gary, Indiana is Michael Jackson's town. Where they first formed with his brothers. And his father being a douchebag. You feel bad for him too, mm. and his and their and his kids. Okay, number ten, popular album, "A Rush of Blood to the Head." That's an actual album. Never heard of it, so you're on your own. First achieving mainstream success for the romantic ballad "Yellow." Blank blend of memorable piano riffs introspective lyrics and a large anthemic sound has made them one of the most beloved rock bands of the 21st century. Blank eight studio albums have garnered the band four number one hits on the Billboard 200 and over 14 million certified sales in the U.S. alone. Now give you a hint. It's a song that even it's a group Richie won't even want to hear because he will literally shoot the t- the fucking radio. Let's see. Can't be the bare naked ladies. No, because he would drop kick the uh, radio up the freaking <laughs> roof of the house. Can't be Blink One Eighty Two because he nope. would want to hang himself by his balls. No, Richie actually likes Blink-182. Can't be the Bare Naked Ladies. No. Because I think he would want to stick his head into an oven. He <laughs> uh, said it, bro. I didn't. <laughs> can't be the Foo Fighters. No. Because he, he would want to drink uh, poison bleach on his throat. Actually, Richie doesn't really mind Foo Fighters. Alex was the one who didn't like Foo Fighters. Alex didn't like Green Day either. No. Neither one of them did. <laughs> Taking a sip. Yes. yes. I'm, I'm trying. I'm, I'm, no cool play. Coldplay, I know it's a rock band, but it shouldn't be on the list of the most popular. Coldplay is like a, a, a heavy metal metallic band. Yeah, I don't yeah, know about all that. There's no rock in them. No, no. They're more and of a fucking ballad type of type of rock that you want to fall asleep to. They're heavy metal. Okay, okay, from the photo you're looking at, Hold on. how in the fuck are they considered rock? Hold on. It's just him. That's just him. 
the singer. How's Coldplay supposed to be fucking, be fucking most, popular? most popular? And outside of that, it doesn't even look like it, it, it doesn't even look like they're what I said. It looks like a a gay version of a country band that you never want to listen to. Uh, I would say it looks like a pencil pencil dick geek that has thinks that his uh, package is bigger than his balls. Not even! You need a fucking help a telescope to see both of that. (laughs) Literally. Bad hairdo, bad clothing style. Looks like he ripped that off of Chris Fleming. I wouldn't even go that far. I'm talking about the hairstyle. Go back. Spotify, 26.3 million. Facebook, 37.8 million. Yeah. I, okay, I'd rather go fucking listen to Stain that's from the fucking Massachusetts area than fucking Coldplay. That was the other bit I was trying to think of. <laughs> but yeah, if you go back, look at the hairstyle. I know. No, go, go back, go back, go back. What? Go back. Look at the, look at the hairstyle. That looks like John Bon Jovi. No. If you look how the hair is, looks like Bill Nye, the science guy. <laughs> Not even close. Just the way the hair is. Now yeah, we've seen yeah. Chris Fleming on Ghost Adventures. On a couple of occasions, yeah. We've seen him on his Facebook page. Yeah. Before he went blonde somehow, which I don't know, I still don't understand. That's why. actually his hair. But this hairstyle is the same style that Chris Fleming started out with as a medium on Ghost Adventures. And when he was with, um, uh, what's his name? Bill Chapel, when he was being possessed in a bar, I think it was. That wasn't that he, really that a, he showed Ghost Adventures. Yeah, that wasn't really a possession. That was more of a channeling. Well, remember, Bill Chappell said it was a possession. It's because Bill Chappell... That's going with it. Yeah, no, yeah, no Bill, Bill, Bill Chappell... He's a skeptic, skeptic. but in a way, in a way where he, he makes inventions... For communication, right. as well as with the well, they call it the STS SLS or SLS. When he came up with that, he wanted to show if there was a way to depict the spirit by its body, right? But like I, but like I said, that's that's a Chris Fleming hairstyle, straight up. That's a Chris Fleming hairstyle. And I would, and I'm, and I'm saying, saying that's insulting, Chris Fleming. Because Chris Fleming has has better hair, hair, hair than that. Yeah, I know. Okay, okay next. I can go to, to a fucking version of Slash. Popular album again, greatest hits. Formed in L.A. in 1985. Bluesy, gritty hard rock. One of the uh, oldest bands yes, still touring today. today. The fans' first album, Appetite for Destruction, which features hit singles Welcome to the Jungle, Paradise, Paradise City, City, and Sweet Child of Mine. 
<laughs> sold over 18 million copies in U.S., making it the best-selling debut album <laughs> of all time and making rock legends of singer, oh, singer Axl Rose and guitarist Slash. <laughs> I'll give another one. I don't have to answer because the answer just popped up. Whoa. Hold on. Hold on. Ta-da, there's your answer right there. Damn it, Chad! <laughs> I think she's getting into the game now. Well, she should know I have to do this for your memory. She doesn't know the whole story. That was about, that was about to, say, to say November rain. If you didn't, if you know, didn't it know it at first, first. November, November rain, rain is Guns N' Roses. No, because when you said uh, the first one, what? Welcome to the jungle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I already knew who that was because I also I plus outside that before I got a chance to shut the screen share side off of here, I already saw Slash, so I already knew it was Guns N' Roses. She said it. I didn't. <laughs> I have the CD. I get that, Jen, <laughs> but I need to get him to remember this. <laughs> and we got a laughing face from it. <laughs> right there, Jen. <laughs> oh, see that? Your aunt's calling you number one. You got to love it. No, I'm number one. <laughs> I'm number one bitch. Don't get that messed up. Spotify, 17.2 million. Facebook, 29.4 million. What the fuck's wrong with that picture? Shouldn't uh, there be more for Facebook than that? Probably. Here you go. Here, of course, here's your reply. <laughs> Of course, they just got Slash on here. They don't have Axl Rose. Yeah. Okay. okay. Popular album, yeah. Back in Black. ACDC. Yes. I have it on my laptop. 50 greatest albums ever. Australian rockers, too. Of course. Angus. Reach the status of rock and roll legends. Thanks to your uh, minimalist. Stadium anthems. There's something wrong with that one. There are the ninth best-selling band in the United States, according to the RIAA, with set 75 million certified album sales nationwide. One third of their United sales are for Back in Black, the 1980 album that that features hits such as Shoot the Thrill. Shook me Shook all me night all long. long. And of course, and back in black. black. ACDC reportedly sold more than 200 million albums worldwide. Okay, what's the, where the fuck's Highway to Hell? That's like mainly my only song I like out of that. Because it simplifies me. And anybody who wants to be on against me, I will, I will fucking bury it. There was another artist that did Highway to Hell as well. 
So that wouldn't be able to make the pop charts for that. Spotify. Because Sammy Hagar did Highway to Hell. And he was the first one to do it before Angus and the rest of the group of ACDC did it. Spotify, 15.6 million. <laughs> Facebook, 28.7 million. That's my song, too, she says. <laughs> <laughs> okay. This is number seven. Innovative me metalheads. metalheads. Blank are among the most commercially successful bands of all time, selling more than 125 million albums, according to the BBC. They've released 10 studio albums in their nearly 40-year career, six of which reached the top of the Billboard 200 album chart. These include the band's 1991 self-titled album, which has spent 560 weeks on the chart, making it the second longest charting studio album not counting greatest hits in the charts history thanks to the song like blank and blank. <laughs> Since Jen wants to put in her two cents to see if she knows it. Yes, putting you on the spot, sweetheart. <laughs> oh, God. I have no clue. Nothing, Nothing else, else matters. Enter Sandman. Oh, Metallica. Yes. Yes. Off their album, I think it was Load or Reload. Uh, nothing else two. matters. I think was on uh, reload. Reload. I think. I think. Is it on Is load it or reload? reload? One of the two. I, I mean, I know Enter Sandman was their date. To me, it was yeah. their like debut yeah. thing. Because oh, yeah. Enter Sandman, they had uh, that guitar player that ended up dying in, in a freaking car crash. Oh shoot! I don't have the whole th the whole thing. I think I, I believe it was on reload. Huh? Huh? It was either on load or reload. My, my I, idea. For some reason, my laptop lost uh, the reload songs and only kept three of them. Shocking. Which was the memory remains. Yeah. Low man's lyrics and fixer. Okay, so I had to bet on reload. Which, which it kept it. Oh, she says this. I'm thinking. I'm thinking. <laughs> <laughs> I know it was from Metallica, but I don't know if it was from the album Load or Reload. Well, this might uh, blow up your uh, steam there. Spotify, 14.5 million. However, Facebook has 35.8 million. Damn. Obviously, people on Spotify don't know the fucking rock, of rock bands, let alone good ones. And I still can't believe uh, James Hetfield cut his hair. Yeah, let's see. I mean, without the long hair, you can't even tell he does hard. He does rock metal or rock music. I don't think he looks like that anymore. Huh? 
I don't think he looks like that anymore. Hang on, let's see if I can find a picture of him. Now. Anyway. Anyway. <sighs> okay. Uh, Not gonna say the popular album yet. Blank is regarded by many music historians as one of the greatest guitarists of all time and his halftime show at Super Bowl XLI or L. Yeah, he doesn't even look like that anymore. As halftime show Super Bowl in 2007. It's one of the best. Blake made the Minnesota rocker a megastar. The album made partially with his touring band Revolution in 1984 sold over 10 million copies. It was number one on on top of the Billboard 200 for 24 weeks. The LP won the Grammy for Best Rock Performance by a duo or group with vocal. Don't know how that would be character. I would say I would maybe say a maybe group, group and not a duo. Mm -hmm. Before, Before his, his death, death in 2016, Blank, Blank either, either solo or with or the with collaborator, collaborator, posted 19, 19 top, top 10 hits hit on the Billboard Hot 100 that included five number ones. I'll give you a hint. 2016, he was a rock star. Yeah, that's when I had my tumor, remember? Purple Rain. Prince. For some reason, they got a Prince of the Revolution. He's got too many titles. At first it was Prince, and then it was the artist formerly known as Prince, and then that one. Yeah, I know, I but know. in 1984, I didn't know Prince was with a group called the Revolution. Neither did I. Spotify, oh, nine million... 342,231. Facebook, which I think people on Facebook have actually, some people on Facebook when it comes to music have gone, duh! 2,079,888. I mean, I know Prince's music. I really don't see Prince and Evolution being on the most on the most popular rock band chart. I mostly know Prince as a solo artist. I know he had a band at one point. And people probably wondering why I'm talking with my hands. That's what I do. She's Italian, people. I can tell you one thing. The guitar he's yeah. holding it has to be he's one of his one hell of a fucking maker. It, it, he's holding a purple guitar. Yeah, that was that look almost symbol. looks like a music symbol, but I don't know. That's a symbol. That's a symbol. That's a symbol. He was known as Prince first, and then he was known after a while as the artist formerly known as Prince, and that's what that logo was. Okay. okay. Next, comprising singer Robert Plant. Guitarist Jimmy Page, bassist and keyboardist John, John Paul, Paul Jones. Jones, and the late and drummer Trump John Bonham became rock archetypical rock hard hard rock band in nineteen 
excuse me, in the 1970s, produced some of the most favorable music ever. Blank has sold 111.5 million singles and albums in the U.S., five most according to statistics from the RIAA, emerging from the ashes of the band, the Yardbirds, The band toured the UK and America endlessly in 1969 and built a loyal following. Their song, Stairway to Heaven, is routinely named by rock fans as the greatest rock song ever. I don't know how. Some of their albums went to number one, including Houses of the, Ho Houses of the Holy. Physical Graffiti, and Blank Number 4, the latter of which sold more than 23 million copies. There's your answer. And she's correct. You forgot one other song, too. She's got legs and she knows how to use them. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Hey, Jen, okay. if you want to, uh, you know, keep following us and everything, you know, just go over to Facebook.com backslash EP Paranormal 2021, which is our Facebook page, and hit the uh, join button, and I'll accept you to it. And then if you are on YouTube, up in the search bar, just type in EPPS 2021, and I'll bring you to our YouTube page. But yes, well, yeah, that was Led Zeppelin. Spotify, 9.7 million. Facebook, 13.1 million. I didn't hear Led Zeppelin until probably 86, 87, something like that. Okay. Ether, ethereal, I think that's how you pronounce it, yet provocative yeah. British rockers. Whose lineups included Nick Mason, Roger, Roger Waters, Bob Klaus, or Klaus, however you want to pronounce it, Ro Richard Wright, which is spelled with a W, Sid Barrett, and David Gilmore, were an essential part of the college dorm life beginning in the early 1970s. 1973 album, Dark Side of the Moon. Which includes songs about loneliness and alienation and an age of scientific discovery was on the Billboard 200 chart for a record 950 weeks. Damn. Among their canon of 15 platinum albums are The Wall, 23-time platinum, Wish, Wish you, you were, were here, here six-time platinum. And animals, animals four-time four platinum. platinum. Another, Another break, break in the wall, wall, part two. Pink Floyd. This. Yeah. Was actually the band's launch single to reach number one in the Billboard Hot 100. And Spotify is starting to piss me off. Spotify is 12.5 million. 
But Facebook is 27.8. Gee, we got it too. You kind of like this, sweetheart. <laughs> I called it before you did. Sorry. Well, she probably text back, you ass, uncle. <laughs> I'll throw that up there too. Trust me. I have all the power. <laughs> but I mean, their popular album was the Dark Side of the Moon. Yep. Which actually, people on Spotify are starting to piss me off. They obviously don't know music. Pink Floyd is actually one of the best. Well, Pink Floyd was for the uh, hippie hoppers. Well, yeah, 1973. Yeah, that, that was the uh, hippie hopper age. But they didn't look like <laughs> it. That's okay. Payback's a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is. Rockets, 1964 through 1971. That's before my time, so. Through a career spanning nearly six decades, Blank have reached released over 20 studio albums, had nine number one albums, and eight number one singles. The band's whose Rhythm and Blues Foundation allow me to throw up throw right up here, right has continued to attract and retain fans throughout shifting eras of popular music, set the record for what is now the fourth highest grossing concert tour of all time, with the completion of their A Bigger Bang tour in 2007. They continue to tour today, Hot Rocks, 1964 through 1971, a completion album released in 1971 remains the band's most popular album, having sold more than 1,200 million certified albums in the U.S. I'll give you a hint. Mick Jagger. Rolling Stones. Yes. Spotify's, Spotify's 8.8 million. Facebook's 19.1 million. He's a monkey, he's a monkey, he's a monkey. Okay. Popular album, again, is the greatest hit. Combining a hard to ca uh, categorize mix of progressive rock, heavy metal, opera, vaudeville, and pop. Blake was one of the most popular arena rock acts in the 1970s and 1980s. Blank first charted on the Billboard 200 in 1974. With their infamous, infamous debut album, Blank, peaked at number 83. The band eventually topped the charts with the release of The Game in 1980. After release of the 2018 biography of film Blank Blank introduced a new audience to the British rock band and frontman Blank, the film's name the film's namesake alone re-entered the Billboard Hot 100 at number 33, making Blank one of the few songs to enter the chart in three separate decades. Motorhead. No. What? No, not Motorhead. You said the game. In 1980. It's Motorhead. In 1980. 
not nineteen eighty. So that's not Lemmy. No. But you said the word the game. It's a uh, uh, it's a record. It's a song release or an album. Okay, I'll give you another hit. It's a song when you DJ from your dad, the most requested. 